deal with white chocolate what's my deal with white chocolate it's yeah. fucking disgusting that's i can't believe it have you ever like chocolate. did you ever have any of the great american cookies when i was there not when you were there no? i think i maybe ordered like one cookie when yeah. they first opened do you like then... did you like them it's oh. all right their cookies are always like unless they're like fresh made they're yeah. always too dry okay i feel you guess what every single one of those cookies has white chocolate in it bitch <laughs> even chocolate chip has white chocolate in it that's fine. If it's a little bit of white chocolate mixed in, I'm fine with it. But Domino's like, great. Domino's the white chocolate chip fudge cookie. Oh my God. It tastes like an Oreo. Domino's? Yeah. I don't think I've ever ordered a cookie from Domino's. Uh, I meant the Domino cookie. Oh, the Domino cookie. Which is a fudge, chocolate fudge cookie with uh, white chocolate chips. Okay. Oh, dude. That might change your mind. With, with, with that flavor blend, might change your mind. I never, I've never like been in that scenario. Where I'm at the mall and I'm like, I really wanted a cookie or like Cinnabon or like something. Like You've that. never wanted Cinnabon. It, uh, that's a lie. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> never wanted because there's like you have one place. But I never want a Cinnabon. I never want here. Cinnabon when I'm next to a Cinnabon. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's Yo. always like randomly I'll see an ad for Cinnabon or something like that. I'm like, oh shit, that seems really good right now. <laughs> We need to uh, – there is a place that just opened at, uh, at Tuttle called Something 75. Something 75. Uh, is it a clothing uh, store? No. Scene store? 75. It's called Scene 75. It's a uh, – oh, God. You weren't here for Gameworks. No. I don't know. What's Gameworks? Okay. Uh, so think of, like, the arcade end of Dave & Buster's, right? But it's, like, massive and two floors. That's okay. what GameWorks used to be. Scene 75 just opened in Tuttle, and it's like twice the size of GameWorks. It's taking up the entire is space it, of an anchor store in a mall. Is it an arcade? But is it like just a regular arcade, or is it a barcade, or is it? It is a uh, entertainment center. So think of like your Dave Buster's or your Magic Mountain, like that kind of like dual like yeah, dine yeah. dine and game kind of thing. Nice. That sounds fun. It is giant. You haven't seen it yet, though. It's I mean, that it was, thing has that banner has been there for like over a year, over yeah. a year and a half, and it, apparently it opened on Friday, and it is fucking massive. I'm very excited to uh, to go see it, dude. Next weekend, Sunday, before we do, but the it's like radio show. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we can just go get wasted and play video. It's games got. I think it does have it, it does have drinks, um, but there are like it has bowling and uh, and it's like. It's like those um, boardwalk arcades at yeah. the like a lot of East Coast beaches have. Yeah, has all those kinds of games. I've been to Long Beach. I know that shit. <laughs> Anyways, 
This... Welcome back. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I didn't <laughs> mean to cut you off. Bitch! <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> We've all started the intro at the same time. Do you want to do it? I'll let you do it. Okay. This is Mangle Movie Madness. Episode... Ten! Ten. Ten. I always lose track of the episode numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Ten episodes of Mango. We are now in double digits. I know. This is the second episode of our Big Four of Horror. It is. It is. And this, this is week, we are looking at one, guys. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, probably, I mean, I haven't seen enough of Halloween to judge, but uh, maybe, depending on how, how I like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street may be my favorite of the four. Yeah. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? We just see cuts happen. What did that pretend? I don't know. What's the coroner got to say? It's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. I'm a big fan of the Fredster, and I'm a big fan of the concept, and I'm a big fan of uh, the pacing more than anything. I would say my favorite is probably either Texas or Halloween. Really? Texas Chainsaw? Oh, dude, I love Texas Chainsaw. Really? I did not think. I did not. I did not know that. <laughs> I like the concept of Texas Chainsaw, too. Yeah. I always used to think, because uh, I was one of those stupid kids, Texas Chainsaw was uh, actually based on a true story. It kind of is. It's based off of Ed Gein. Oh. Uh, who's Ed Gein? The Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. He was that serial killer that he's what uh, Hannibal's kind of based off of. He was the serial killer that would, he didn't really kill, like, I think he killed like maybe one or two people. But he would he's mostly known for like digging up bodies and graves and then making like furniture and stuff out of the bodies. That's just being cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I don't want to go to IKEA, I'll just make it myself. You don't have to buy wood. I mean I'm sure he could have found wood in Probably. the rural wherever backwards in the area forest in, in Wisconsin, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Week two takes us from uh psycho moms killing seven dudes to we're eight. getting into that mixture of like creepy pedo supernatural and ser- or slasher yeah yeah this is definitely more of that because you're messing with like dreams and and he's dead but he's here but he's even not though, even though like jason his story kind of gets into supernatural like later on in the series it wasn't like that in the first movie. Yeah. So this is the first one that we're getting into that like mixture of supernatural. This is really the only supernatural one yeah. of the four. Yeah. I mean, you don't really know about any supernatural stuff with with Halloween. It kind of gets a in the bit, first one. Yeah, I guess maybe when you get into like season of the witch, it gets kind of supernatural. Yeah, because you get like the cult of Thorn and then that kind of stuff. But yeah, so. Uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street is, I believe, the latest 
of our uh, Big Four of Horror. This movie came out in 1984, a full uh, four years since the next earliest movie, or the next latest movie, which would be Friday the 13th, and a full 10 years after the earliest movie, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which came out in 74. So this is taking into account all of the tropes, uh, not a lot of new tropes, but making them feel new with the supernatural angle that they're going Well, I mean, for. it's 87, so it's mostly like taking things that weren't even necessarily considered like a trope yet, but were still appearing in these kinds of movies, yeah. and then really like solidifying them. Yeah. 87? Where are you seeing that? Are you on or the no, right no, movie? No. I'm, was, are you looking at Night, or, uh, Dream Warriors? I was down Warriors? and I saw the ad for Dream, Dream Warriors. Warriors. <laughs> I was also down there. <laughs> yep. So yeah, not 87. Yeah, we're very excited to talk about this movie. I... Uh, really like this movie. I really liked watching it again. I forgot how frustrating it was, which we'll talk about throughout the movie. It is so fucking frustrating. Like, Nancy is the only person I like in this movie. Yeah, but I mean, you don't like Glenn? I like them all, but I they're all Rod. just... I, I love Rod. You love Rod? Rod's I a fucking him. asshole, dude. Especially nah. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, he didn't kill Tina, man. He made me new kids like that. They just didn't have... Yeah. They just didn't have but... switchblades because it's 2000 and, you know... 2010, no, so they had they were just making <laughs> they were just making thermite in their basements. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> oh, kids, we grew up with. <laughs> uh, they're all in the army now, making thermite to kill other people. Oh, I mean, hopefully, other people. <laughs> yeah. All right, movie time. Movie time. So let's talk about the people involved in this movie. Let's talk about the director. Well, yeah. All right, here we go. And rolling sound, quiet. Here we go. Ready. Speed. Speed. 126.7. Ready. And starting right on the lens. Ready. And and action. Director of Nightmare on Elm Street is Wes Craven. Of course, bro. My boy Wes. (laughs) My boy Wes Craven. Dude, Wes was the master of like 80s and 90s horror movies. He is definitely one of the most uh, recognizable of the, I guess I could, you could call it the the new age of horror. You know what I mean? When they I moved mean, on from those black of, and white kind of like suspense thrillers, yeah. and then turned them into actual like they became actually like horrifying. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he was the first to really, like I said, take like a mixture of well, not the first I would say to do like kind of a mixture of like a serial a serial killer and like supernatural slasher kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But he really took like the practical effects and like the, I would say even like the colors that this movie produces. Like a lot of it is like very trippy, especially since it's, like, it takes place most in like a dream world. Yeah, like a lot of the stuff that happens is very trippy, very like kind of I would say like sixties and seventies influenced. Yes. So a lot of the stuff that this man directed also wrote. And Nightmare on Elm Street is no exception. He got his start in 1972 where he wrote and directed Last House on the Left. Fantastic movie. <laughs> and both uh, The Hills Have Eyes 1 and 2 uh, around the same decade. Uh, Hills Have Eyes Part 2 about 12 years after his debut. And he did the Scream movies. Scream, Scream he 2, Scream even, 3, and Scream 4. Yeah, he didn't even necessarily actually want to get into horror originally. 
Um, he, I think he said he originally kind of wanted to start doing comedy, but then he got the opportunity to do Last House on the Left mm-hmm. and was really interested in it. So he took up that opportunity, and that's what really got him into that world. Yeah. And it kind of almost, I mean, this has happened to a lot of horror directors, especially after you have like a huge hit that's become a classic, such as, you know, Texas or Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street. You get stuck in that genre. A lot of them, you know, they love that genre. They love making those types of movies. But uh, I know a lot of these, especially like the older directors that have been in this for a while. And Wes Craven has passed away now, RIP. But it's almost like they would have rather maybe their career gone into a different direction. But they get kind of typecast into these movies. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call attention to one uh, one film that I haven't mentioned because we are just talking about some of the more important films in in the genre or at least to the person's name but uh he did direct deadly friend which i believe we talked about last week uh i think so so this is the movie about a uh a girl who gets killed by her abusive father i think mm-hmm. uh, i think killed as a result some kid tries to save her by putting uh robot stuff in her head in her brain box and she becomes like kind of this kind of super powered android type thing where she has like the strength of like a robot yeah which robots are really strong things and this has the very very uh famous head explosion scene not scanners but uh close mm-hmm. where little ann ramsey gets uh gets her head blown up with by a basketball that gets thrown at her head against a wall <laughs> uh, i don't know if you've ever seen that have you ever seen that I- Maybe I've seen that clip, but I haven't seen the movie. It's up there with Jeepers Creepers 2 and Friday the 13th's beheading scenes where they're just kind of like yeah. bodies. Deadly Friends is the best version of that. Nice. So I'll have to check that out. I don't. I have not seen that movie. Oh, uh, that movie is. Uh, is <laughs> I mean, it ain't. It ain't great. It's probably one of his weakest movies. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But I mean, this guy has directed a, a huge number of horror classics: Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, uh, Swamp Thing, The Hills Have Eyes Part Two, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, he did a couple episodes. Nightmare on Elm Zone. Street is his baby. Yeah, definitely. And you can see that in all of his credits uh, across writer, producer, director, uh, even some actor. Yeah, I mean, he did. Um, I forgot there was a nightmare like kind of TV show nightmare cafe. There is a bu- yeah, there were so many side things that Nightmare on Elm Street got that I just was completely unaware of. Yeah, he did the People Under the Stairs, uh, all the Scream movies, mm-hmm. Vampire in Brooklyn, so, amazing director and yeah. man. Yeah, probably wouldn't want to have uh, his his anyone else in charge of of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. No, definitely after not. the first one than him. His his vision. <laughs> created something that i don't think anybody else could Mm -hmm. we have two executive producers on uh speaking of of west craven we are an ohio podcast and he's from ohio (laughs) is he really yeah he's from cleveland no i did not know that um two executive producers joseph wolf and stanley doodleson doodleson (laughs) joseph wolf has been around since about 2004 he died in 2005 he is uh, mostly in the camera and electrical department, and he worked on uh, this movie as well as uh, a pro- being a producer on Halloween 2 and 3. And Stanley Doodleson worked on this as well as Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and Chick Street Fighter. Ooh. <laughs> 
as well Chick's as uh, a bunch of other things. A very small amount of credits, only six. Yeah. One of which is a video, but hey, man, Chick Street Fighter. Or Girls Fight Tonight, apparently. This guy's really into girl fighting movies. I mean, that was... He's also from... He's from Cleveland. He's an Ohio boy. Oh, look at that, man. Joseph Wolf is uh, a... Man who lived. A man who lived. Man who lived. We don't really know where he was born, it seems, besides the date. Yeah, sometimes they he don't died in necessarily LA. have a lot of information on them. In, uh... So, some horror? A little bit. Yeah. Most, I mean, you got someone that worked on Halloween. Yeah. That's good. Uh, John H. Burroughs is an associate producer, and he worked on a bunch of Van Damme movies, including Death Warrant, as well as uh, the Wonder Woman TV series from 1978. Which is okay. <laughs> dude, oh, yeah, dude. And a couple others. John Van Damme. Just to, just to give the, the creds to people who, uh, who also worked on this. We had a uh, co-producer, Sarah Risher, and another producer in Robert Shea. So very uh, – there are a lot of producers, but it's generally smaller than we've seen because Wes Craven – this is Wes Craven's creation – yeah, he the I mean it didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a huge cast. Um more of a budget, yeah, than Friday the 13th. Oh yeah. For sure. Definitely. Probably. Uh, do you know how much budget they had in this movie? The budget? Yeah, it was I got to go back. Looking for 1.8 mil. It only grossed in the USA 25 million. I compare that to that's about a million dollars more than Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my God, I'm getting them confused when I want to say the other uh, Friday the 13th budget of I think a mere seven to eight hundred thousand. Yeah, this had a lot of practical effects in it, though. Yes, yes, they definitely put this money to good use. Not a lot of snake death in this one, thank God. <laughs> oh yeah, there wasn't any actual animal death in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that is our our uh, our people behind the movie. Let's talk about our casting. Here we go, man. Who do you want to start? I feel off like with? we're nervous on a roller coaster. Oh, here we go. Here we go, man. Here we go, man. <laughs> I can't. Okay, speaking of roller coasters, I cannot stop thinking about that meme that they made of oh um, of uh, Freddie Mercury. No, not Freddie Mercury. Um, Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. Yeah, where he's like, wee. <laughs> We should start off with our main, main girl, Heather Langenkamp. Lang- oh, yeah. Langenkamp? Langenkamp. Langenkamp plays Nancy Thompson. and She's the, I guess technically even though it's not 100%, I, I guess she's the final girl of this movie even though at the end of the movie you're not really sure what happens. True, true. Her movie debut was in 1984 uh, with Nightmare on Elm Street, but her real film debut was actually in... The Outsiders a year prior, but she was in a deleted scene. Oh, okay. She still does stuff to this day in 2019. Still busy, still pretty consistent, except for a nice big break she got in the aughts where she only did about three or four series. Yeah. She did three of – or she was actually in American Horror Story. That's cool. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, 3, and she was also in Wes Craven's New Nightmare as herself. Is there anything you want to add to this, Ryan? Uh, Not necessarily all of her other stuff. Uh, She was in Star Trek Into the Darkness in 2013. Oh, I think I saw that. No, I saw – what was Star Trek Infinity? Star Trek – what was the last one? Oh, I have no idea. I don't really – Keep track of that. <laughs> I don't. I watched. It was good. She I didn't see any others. Um, she was in Hellraiser Judgment. Was that the TV? I think it's a short. I think it was like a either 
Maybe a made-for-TV movie. Oh, oh, it came out literally last year. Yeah, this is that, like, made-for-TV movie. Okay. Made-for-TV TV. She's the only character that I'm consistently cheering on because she's not just the most negligent motherfucker on yeah, the planet Yeah, plus she doesn't, like, take shit from anybody throughout the whole movie. She's, like, not... I mean, she kind of wavers a couple of times on whether or not she's actually crazy, but she's basically just like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm going to do this my shit myself if I yeah, need to. Yeah, <laughs> because all you dumb... F- oh, God, everyone else in this no movie is so me. aggravating I to me. So I like Nancy a lot. I was very... Uh, I like... So this is a good main character. Uh, a lot better uh, with a lot more developments than any of the campers that we saw on Friday the 13th. Definitely. She's and a, including Alice. She's a great final girl, final girl character. Yes. Yes, very much so. Next, going on to our girl, Tina Gray. Tina Gray, played by Amanda Weiss. Weiss or Wiss? Yeah, one of the two. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> or you could tell us. Let us know. If you know. Triple M Podcast. com. Correct us. The specific. Specific pronunciation of her last name. Yeah. She is still working today uh, with a bunch of stuff in pre- and post-production. She has a very large history. Very large. uh, Acting. Started in 1980 with two TV series. Uh, Her film debut was in Force 5 as Cindy Lester, but she would just a couple years later, in fact, just one year later, she would do Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. She has been in a lot of... Um, big name movies. She did, like you said, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Better Off Elm Dead. Street in, yeah, 1984, she did Better Off Dead. She did, was on the St. Elsewhere TV show. Yeah, that's the one where the it's in a snow globe the entire time, right? Yeah. With William Daniels? I think so. She did, she did also did uh, Quantum Leap. Oh, did she really? Yeah. Oh, the original show for Quantum Leap? Yeah, the 1991. Wow. She did, uh, well, it was, she did a Gunsmoke TV movie. movie but no. She was in Deadly Impact. Which is not Deep Impact. Sorry. She was in Highlander, too. I was thinking of Deep Impact. <laughs> she was in a lot of big TV shows. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, especially in the 80s. She was in Walker, Texas Ranger. In the 90s. <laughs> well, yeah. So she gets killed off quite early, but we still see her a bunch in the film. Yeah, she's our first death, but they she's that she's the character that dies first, but the like creature slash monster yeah, gets used as bait or to creep out the other characters or... Mm-hmm. Kind of play on their minds. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp plays Glenn. Bro, my boy Johnny. And hell, does Johnny Depp have a lot of acting credits? Oh, Less yeah. than Kevin Bacon by 10, but uh, He's older. still a lot. Uh, probably Kevin Bacon. Probably. Because Glenn was a kid? Oh, well. No, yeah. Well, I mean, he. Because he don't was. I how old he was in the movie. Like, I don't know how old as an actor. Glenn definitely looks younger than Jack. The, yeah, they were and that, high schoolers, technically, yeah. so. And whatever Glenn was at, Jack was four years older. I'm guessing that he was probably in his early 20s, maybe, when this movie was filmed. That's jo- usually how it works when Johnny they Johnny Desk? Yeah. You're going to be 25? 21. Oh, my God. I can't stop yawning. I'm so sorry. But, uh, you know what? It's good, good play for the theme. Yeah, it's about it's about <laughs> sleeping and being. Don't fall asleep. Shit, he'll come for you. Shit, uh, but this guy. Yeah, he, so he has Captain Jack Sparrow is the most notable role of his. Okay, I don't know if I'll get crap for this, but I honestly love the part of the parts of the Caribbean movies. They're some of my favorite movies. I think, <laughs> I, I think people generally. I mean, the first three people like. Oh yeah. Uh, great. I mean, I just generally love pirates. So. That's a very uh, – they got lucky that a movie based off of a ride at Became Disney so World popular, got so yeah. big. Uh, could have been Haunted Mansion. 
Did you see when he actually went to the ride dressed as Jack and like yeah sat, yeah know? and just sat in where his place was yeah. and then just hung out. That's cool. That's cool. Oh man, I've been on that ride too. It smells so dank in there. I can't imagine him spending like hours just <laughs> there, like watching the rides go by. He was in Platoon, uh, Private Resort. He started. Uh, 1984 with this movie. Yeah, just three years later after this movie, this was his first movie ever, and just three years later he was doing the uh, 21 Jump Street as Officer Tom Hansen. Yes, yes he was. Uh, introducing Johnny Depp as it has in his uh, opening title crawl credits. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, I don't know if maybe that like was added knew. later in. Yeah, like they almost knew he was going to be big. Yeah. He plays Ed Wood in the movie Ed Wood and Don Juan DeMarco in the movie don't Don Juan DeMarco. Edward Scissorhands, bro. And Edward Scissorhands and Sweeney Todd and... And he's a short role in Freddy's Dead. The final He, he does, yes. As a guy on TV. Okay, so it has listed, at, it says guy on TV as Oprah Noodle Mantra. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> is that supposed to be his name? He or? is in uh, Blow, uh, which is a great movie. That has that that is that is a movie starring him, Bobcat Goldthwait, and Paul Rubens. And that is a good movie because those is a crossover of like three very strong character actors yeah. in a future Captain Jack Sparrow, uh Zed from Police Academy, and Pee Wee. <laughs> Pee Wee in a movie about cocaine. Oh, that fits Pee Wee so well. <laughs> I know he is. Yeah, and this came out in two thousand and one, dude. I could where see Pee Wee after in all, one of his own after, movies doing a, like a rail. <laughs> yeah, this is crack. Yeah. <laughs> it's kid stuff. And then he's just showing off his bike. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is that movie came out a couple years after every single one of those three actors had their respective uh, media issues. Uh-huh. Johnny Depp with destroying the hotel room. Yeah, uh, I cannot remember what Bobcat Goldthwait got in trouble for, but it was something. And then Paul Rubens for <laughs> masturbating in an adult theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay, so this guy and Charlie this... and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, dude, Johnny Depp's version of Charlie and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was so weird. He's he has so many characters. John Dillinger in Public Enemies, Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland, Rango. Yeah, in Rango, We're weird not... ass dark movie, like dark animated movie. Uh, Wolfing Rango into the was, woods. Was great. He did. Uh, yeah, more, he for, I forgot about this. Mordecai. Is one of his lesser known movies, but it's actually pretty good. The Ninth Gate. Um, yeah. He did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, yes, Sleepy Hollow. Amazing. Can't forget about his role as one of the greater roles he's done in the past decade. Uh, Whitey Bulger in Black Mass. Yep, and uh, his role as Inspector Frederick in From Hell is great. Yeah, and his role as Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> did you do? You, oh, did bro, you remember the movie Mordecai? The movie Mordecai. Yeah, no. where he was Mordecai. I I remember like the the trailers for it, but I never cared enough. Apparently, to watch it. that movie tanked. But yeah, a tanked. Pretty sure it might have killed the studio. <laughs> yeah, all of the Pirates great. of the Caribbean's movie, the amazing animated movie Corpse Bride. Uh, one of my f- personal favorite movies of all time, Sweeney Todd, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. That's right up your alley. I've oh, never yeah. seen it, but I, I absolutely get it. I haven't seen The Corpse Bride in a hot minute. It's a great movie. How, sure that. how is there some sort of cross between that and Coraline? Ni- I was going to say Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. Oh, or is no. it is it just the same? They got the same studio to animate it? or I mean, they're both Tim Burton. <laughs> okay, so they are both Tim Burton. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, he's been involved in a lot of Tim Burton projects too. Yeah, him and Tim. I mean, Tim Burton. He did Corpse Bride. He did Ed Wood. He did Edward Scissorhands. He did Edward Scissorhands is so fucking Tim Burton. Oh, I know. Like with the colored houses, it's such yeah. a good movie. Yeah, very Doctor Seuss feeling. Yeah, that yeah. sort of like whimsical feeling to it. Was House in the Wonderland Tim Burton? Like I think. Oh yeah, the live action one. I think it was. Yeah. 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 He did. Uh, I think that's recognized as Tim Burton's worst creation. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't mind them, but they weren't great. Um, he did The Rum Diary. He did. Uh, I love Dark Shadows. That's such. Oh, a good I heard movie. Dark Shadows was great. It's such a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I think his his resume speaks for himself. He <laughs> he, he gets himself. around. He does a lot of good movies and a lot of bad movies, and that that's how you know. Uh, Can't forget about Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Sherlock Gnomes, son. He was in Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie. <laughs> yeah, where he played Donald Trump. That was oh, like, he did play Donald Trump. Yeah. What? Yeah. That is way too good looking of an actor to choose for Donald Trump. Who are they going to get? I don't know, but Donald, Donald Trump throws Johnny Depp. I know that. Oh, man. Probably. That is. Oh, he was in Tusk? I didn't know that. Oh, God. And then you can't forget his amazing role as Tonto in The Lone Ranger. I completely glazed over that. Dude, you got to just leave it alone. <laughs> like, it uh, oh, yo. Leave Lone Ranger alone. I know. And then his most recent stuff, I guess his most recent, like the biggest role he's been doing recently has been Grindelwald and the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him. Yeah, that's true. He is involved in that. Uh, that's what he's up to now. That's our man, Johnny. That's our man, Johnny. Next, All right. we got our man, Lane. Rod Lane. Rod Lane, played Which... by Sue Garcia, who back in the Dizzy was named Nick Corey. So he began in 1982 with a short called The Silence. His film debut was in 1984 with this movie. And he did a bunch of things. Yeah, not a lot of stuff that I am particularly familiar with. No, um, me neither. He was in the he was in Predator 2. Yes. As Detective. <laughs> he was in Vampire in Brooklyn, which was also a movie that was directed by um, Wes Craven. Was in a lot of stuff, honestly. A lot of shorts, a lot of like TV series and like made-for-TV movies. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too big besides, like, I would say his, his, probably his biggest role would probably be that of, in Nightmare on Elm Street. He was in the documentary for Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. He was also in, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And it looks like, yeah, he did Atlas Shrugged, and it, most recently he he's done Christmas movies. So let's get into Nancy's parents. Yes. Lieutenant Thompson and Marge Thompson. Lieutenant Thompson, played by John Saxon who is a very stern fella and uh, is in many movies, including a lot of Nightmare on Elm Streets, as well as Enter the Dragon. Uh, he has... God, this guy has a huge history. A huge history. 198 credits. This guy started back in 1954 uh, doing an uncredited role in It Should Happen to You. Mm-hmm. And he was all over the place doing everything he could to get work. I don't think... That's not entirely accurate. He's just he's just a man who finds work. He does have experience doing horror, though. Uh, he was in the uh, Evil Eye. He was in the Ravagers, Blood Beast from Outer Space, Blood uh, Beach, as yeah. well. Uh, Queen of Blood, episodes of Hawaii Five O, episodes of Masquerade, episodes of Magnum PI, episodes of Scarecrow and Mrs. King, all over the place. He was in a TV show that was just called Kung Fu in the seventies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Comes around in 1984, and he is in between two he TV in, series. He was in Black Christmas. Oh, was he? Yeah. 
in between this, he was doing Finder of Lost Loves and Dynasty. And then after this, he would go on to uh, do some stuff. He'd be in Hands of Steel and Fever Pitch. He would not return to the sequel, but he would show up again in Elm Street 3. Mm -hmm. And we don't really see him again until Wes Craven's New Nightmare in 94. He is in Beverly Hills Cop 3 as well. He was in The Last Samurai in 1990. He did the Ray Bradbury Theater TV show. Bring Me the Head of Lance Henriksen and After the Thunderstorm are both in post-production. He is still working to this day. Yeah, man. He's still getting working. Mm-hmm. If you want to keep working, man, and you got the, you know, you're not dying or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep doing it. That's true. Renee Blakely, Ronnie Blakely, or Ronnie. It could be Ronnie. Could be Ronnie. Ronnie Blakely <laughs> plays Marge Thompson, and she has also been in... Not that much stuff. She uh, started off in 1970 doing Wilbur and the Baby Factory. Um, she's been in mostly TV series since then, working pretty steadily through the 80s, uh, and then really just kind of like literally uh, 1990 was her last role uh, in Murder by Numbers, and she just stopped working after that. Big time off. Yeah. You're doing fine. I mean, I'm sure it's probably, I mean, a lot of times it's like they either take time off to raise a family and then just end up not going back to it or just find some some other job that they like better or maybe they just got involved in maybe a different aspect of the film industry and stepped away from it. Right, right. We're just talking about her acting credits here. Um, She does actually become a producer and work on something in 2012 called Of One Blood. Okay. So, which she's executive producer for. She also has two director credits, one of which is Of One Blood. So she just kind of switched to an on-the-screen role to an off-the-screen role. But even then, it's still uh, few and far between. Then we got our man, the myth, the legend. I have seen this man at every con I go to. Really? He goes. He loves honestly, like his fans. He goes to. He loves going to conventions, and he's worked on like a lot of horror movies himself as a director. Yes, Robert England is Fred Krueger. One of the the only person that should ever play Fred Krueger. <laughs> yes. After the 2010 remake, yes. Which, uh, <sighs> <laughs> Do you know that him? in Dead by Daylight... Is he voiced by him? Freddy Krueger is based off of the 2010 reboot and not the original. Oh, which is why the survivor isn't Nancy Thompson, it's Quentin Smith. Oh, from the that. From the kid from the first movie. That's or stupid. the reboot movie. I don't think they get the rights original. Uh, I could actually probably see that being a big thing, especially I don't know how how the rights of all those movies are what the, what's going on with them now since Wes Craven's death. Yeah, 1974, Buster and Billy is where he gets his debut, playing the character Whitey, and then we go like literally ten whole years later. Yeah, ten whole like years of mainly TV shows, getting up to his big role in Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, and then he has worked. I mean, he. I don't know if he switches mainly over to horror. Not necessarily. Like he keeps yeah. working steadily through for TV shows, um, which I think even now he's it is. on an episode of Night Court, greatest late night television theme of all time. Yeah, bro, he was on Night Rider and, and MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two. He did Nightmare on Elm Street three. Chud two. Oh yeah, boy. But the Chud. Uh, of course, he's in all of these yeah. as Freddy Krueger, except when we get to the reboot, he is not. But you can expect him in pretty much – he loves this role. 
Oh yeah, no, he's talked about it uh, plenty of times. He loves like the fact that he's been able to work with Rush Craven for so many years. Mm-hmm. He loves these movies. He loves the character, and he, uh, you know, he'd come back as many times as they asked him to. Mm-hmm. He is in an episode of Married with Children where he plays Lucifer. Oh, nice. He was in uh, Wishmaster too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did uh, an episode of The Simpsons where he played Freddy Krueger. Yep. In the Treehouse of Horror. Episode of Bones in 2010. Episode of Supernatural in 2010. He is the he voice of Dormammu and Marvel Superhero Squad Online. Yeah, he was in Hatchet. He was in the uh, Behind oh. the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which I don't know if you've seen that, but if you haven't, you should watch it. Yeah. He is his own voice. He plays himself, Robert England, the voice of Robert England in Call of the Dead, the zombies map yeah. for Call of Duty Black Ops 1. Yeah, I remember that because they had... You have to kill George Romero. Yeah. No, is it kill George Romero or kill like, the, like a zombie he creates or something? I thought it was the zombie of George Romero. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, he is Anti-Pops, Mystery Man, and Stag Man in regular show, which he did from 2011 to 2017. He did... I don't, I didn't know they had an episode of Ferg... Freddy Krueger and the Goldbergs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's very 80s. Uh, Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Oh, of course he would be in Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> the Funhouse Massacre. And uh, most recently, he actually has been doing some uh, video game roles. He's actually the voice of Scarecrow in Injustice 2. Yeah, which I'm not, I'm not mad about. No, not at all. Funhouse Massacre sounds awesome. But this guy is a horror legend, especially just specifically off of the Freddy character. Six of the world's scariest psychopaths escape from a local asylum and proceed to unleash terror on the unsuspecting crowd of a Halloween funhouse whose themed mazes are inspired by their various reigns of terror. It, sounds it like, probably sound, It's probably going to be shit, but man. It sounds like Halloween, but with six Michaels instead of one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I'd like to see that. All right, so we got one special mention here. Uh, Lynn Shea is in this movie. Yes, she is the teacher that you see um, in the school scene where Nancy freaks out in school. Yeah, she is on the comeback for us. Yes, she is the first recurring actor uh, of a significant role in this movie, although we didn't mention the teacher role because that is just limited to a scene. But she does have uh, lines. She does have dialogue and interactions. But we saw her just two months prior as Jam's mother in Detroit Rock City. Yeah. Which is, she is more connected with the horror world, I would say. So it's funny that we have, I mean, this is our first, you know, horror movie we've seen her in. I'm sure we'll probably run into her again at some point because she is in a lot of, especially like modern day horror movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that is our cast that we are covering uh, today. So the important people, yeah, the, the important people. So before we go, um, everybody's important in making a movie, but these are the ones we're focusing on. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, before we go on to the movie, we totally apologize for last week. I was editing last week's episode and realized we didn't talk about the soundtrack to Friday the Thirteenth. No. So we owe you guys some soundtrack talk, and this. Let's talk about the soundtrack.
Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack is as 80s horror as 80s horror. This created the 80s horror soundtrack. Just basically like yeah. high pitched synths going. A lot of them are kind of reactive. Yeah. But they're. It, is absolutely music. Uh, this being is played definitely in this. like from the beginning with the little kind of children's lullaby tune mm-hmm. uh, that is blended in with some of those instruments. Great stuff. Yeah, we get the classic like electronic based kind of horror soundtrack. Whereas like nowadays, it's more of like not even instruments, just like sounds, kind of really kind of set the mood. Yeah, and this is kind of a mixture of a little bit of both. I would say. I would say so. It, it and... they use. The elements of the soundtrack to create the ambience as yeah. well. And the music was done by Charles Bernstein. And Charles Bernstein, as a composer, has a whopping 136 credits. Uh, his oh, most famous was Nightmare on Elm Street. But he also did do Cujo in 83. Oh, yeah. That was that a great soundtrack. If we are just looking at the movies he did in the 80s, uh, he did quite a lot of horror. Uh, the Entity, Independence Day, Cujo, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, he did also do April Fool's Day, and he did Deadly Friend, uh, as well as Whisper Kill, which is a TV movie. And he did a couple of additional TV movies, The Last Fling. He's worked in a lot of TV and movies. And Rockabye. Yes, a lot, a lot of TV movies primarily, but when he does, I would he say does his 80s horror, he knows what he's doing. Deadly Friend, oh, yeah. you can absolutely hear... The exact same stuff, like the exact same, not even like the exact same sounds, but the same techniques in he Deadly Friend that they used in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's almost like listening to John Carpenter soundtracks, like regardless of the movie. They yeah. Have their own like kind of John Carpenter. I mean, it's from John Carpenter. It's, it's his style. Like, Yeah, absolutely. So great, uh, great soundtrack. One of my all-time favorites he in, in horror movies. He did a, the soundtrack for a TV movie called Sharktopus versus Werewolf. I have not heard of that one. I've heard of Giant Octopus and I've heard of Crocosaurus, but I have not heard of Werewolf. Dude, I want to want Oh, dude, I want to see this. Werewolf? Oh yeah. Is it what a I A mad ha- scientist mixes gene the mixes the genes of a killer whale and a wolf, it creates the Werewolf. And it's up to the shark the Sharktopus to stop it. <laughs> I love it. It's the, it's fucking it's it's bigger jaws plot. You have to team up with the fucking shark. This is Sharktopus great. versus Terracuda. Dude, this Sharktopus has been battling people for years. Piranaconda, Dino Shark, Mega Shark. It's the Mega Sharks that I was looking for. Oh, Dino Shark sounds scary. Look at this fucking shark with a T-Rex head. What's with these scientists, bro? Look, an American scientist creates a half pterodactyl, half barracuda creature called the Terracuda. <laughs> They're not very smart with these uh, choices. Of inevitably name. escapes, leaving this Sharktopus to stop it. <laughs> like... I love it. They like we I have must to watch, learn to coexist with the octopus. I have to watch this whole series. <laughs> I need to watch Big Ass Spiders still. Oh yeah, I mean, it, for guess a movie, what that movie's about? Oh, is it Big Ass Spiders? Is nope. it small ass spiders. <laughs> <laughs> EDF, dude. For a movie that's called Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf, it has a three point two out of ten rating. Which honestly, it's a sci fi that bad. Uh, for a movie okay, maybe of this stature. Yeah. yeah. Good soundtrack. All right. Oh, yeah. So now, grab your popcorn. I don't know. You probably already watched the movie. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I don't know. Well, you can grab your popcorn. Yeah. Grab a joint. You always you always pair the popcorn and the joint. I don't know. Grab candy and a joint. <laughs> <laughs> Have the joint, for fuck's sake. 
You're going to want food with the joint. Okay. Well, yeah. You're going to want food related to a movie. Right. Even at a, like if you're at a movie theater. If you're at a movie theater, bring a pen. So is next month when we do all the pot-themed movies, <laughs> then we do Days Confused. No, that's not until April. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. All right. Let's talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. We're going to go through the movie now. We're going to go through the movie now. Grab a joint. Whatever. <laughs> That's not what the theme is. So I thought that my movie was fucked up when I started this because they show it in a way small. They show the intro of him putting together his his glove hand yeah. in a way uh, smaller box. And then oh, they start okay. having the production crawl yeah. below it. And I got a real feeling that I, I thought I was watching like a Sega Genesis like FMV video game, like Night Trap or something. Because the screen was so small. Because the screen is so small. It's like... Because, like, they could oh. only have so much memory or like information a weird stored. Rip of it. Yeah, yeah. Like the Did you ch- watch it on Amazon? Yeah. <laughs> it had to. It had, yeah, it felt like Chinese boot. ripped it old. Like, Chinese bootleg on the subway. <laughs> the guy put, like. Weird, like, Vietnamese subtitles. Like. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. So we are in, we begin in um, Tina's Nightmare. Tina's first nightmare. Yeah. Of two that she has. Uh, and this one. I'd consider just a warning. Basically, it's her first kind of introduction to Freddy. No, I, it seems like this is probably all of because they all seem to have like a nightmare on the same night. Yes, and it seems like this is all their first nightmare. Yeah, they and they all seem to be really getting anymore. teleported to the same uh, boiler room. Yeah, uh, it does. Where he dies? Does he die? I thought he died. Where he? Like where hit? Where the? Where the f- real Fred Krueger? Yeah, is killed. Yeah. He, um, what is it? Tina's really the only one that seems like truly freaked out by this like, yeah. nightmare. Or I guess seems it as, sees it as like anything more than like a nightmare. Yeah. Nancy does, n- thinks nothing about it, uh, until she dies. Yeah. And she's the one that, even though nothing's really happened yet, starts to put together little pieces. Like we all had a nightmare on the same night about the same guy. Like there's gotta be something about this. Like she's even like. You know, maybe something bad's about to happen. Maybe we're about to have, like, an earthquake or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she starts to get a feeling of dread early on in the movie. Yes. Tina, horrified, running from Freddy only to find him just walking past her. So she wakes up horrified only for her mother to come in and just be like, you know. It's just a bad dream. Stop dreaming like that. Yeah. Which. Stop doing you that. You can't <laughs> fucking control that shit. Uh, so we... She goes back to sleep with the crucifix, 
and she sees three like kind of blade marks in her in her dress. Yeah, thinks nothing of it. Which I mean, I guess you know. You can be like, maybe I did that to myself in my sleep or, you know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or like, cut your nails, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> the Still next creepy. morning, we're, we're fine. Uh, Tina's talking about the nightmare that she had to Nancy and Glenn and Rod, who shows up, not driving in the car. But Glenn, Nancy, and Tina all pull up in the car. They're three kids all in white playing Which jump Which it doesn't rope. explain in the beginning that I guess Rod and Tina are, like, dating. Yeah. Which it just kind of seems like he's maybe like the kind of like bad boy guy that maybe had a thing for her, but she's kind of like tossing him away or whatever. Yeah. I didn't real. I guess my first time watching this movie, I had no idea that they were dating <laughs> until yeah. it shows up a little later. But. Right. Well, yeah, because Glenn and Nancy are dating. Uh, I, you could think that Tina would be the main character of this movie. Yeah. From the way from, that it From the way it starts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And to find out that she dies first and, like, within 20 minutes of the movie is quite yeah, it's, quite it startling. Leaves it interesting. Yeah. So we see these kids, right? Yeah. The jump rope kids. Mm-hmm. That's creepy. We're also on, like, a, a high school ground. Yeah. And they should just, probably be in school by now. Yeah, probably. And I love how they don't really think anything of it when they see it. They're not yeah. like, why are those elementary school kids here? Like, <laughs> All right. Can we talk about something? Actually, I want to make a good point of this. Most high school movies mm-hmm. start – this is just unrealistic. <laughs> They're all – go like everyone's talking to each other, going to school, yeah. and the sun's out. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I don't know back in like the 80s and 70s, yeah. when did school start? No idea. I don't know. I don't know. It would but definitely be like wasn't just si- coming up. Definitely wasn't 6 a.m. Oh, no. Fuck no. We'd be getting – We were in school before the sun came up. Yeah. We were in school at night. Yeah, we were on the bus, like... We were in school before 7 a.m. Yeah. Fucking crazy, dude. (laughs) I can't believe I... I got up from my brother's first day as high school, just to be like, if he needed it, I don't know, if he was nervous or something, but I got up because, A, I was like, you know what? I want to remember what this is like, and also so I can be like, oh, I'm so glad I never have to do this again. And then go right back to sleep. Go right back (laughs) to sleep. (laughs) Yes, holy crap, dude. That's a good feeling. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, I don't have to do this. I'm exempt from this. This is over for me. Yeah. Unless I want to. I don't have to get up that early, but I still have to get up pretty early. How early you got to get up? I get up at 7. Oh, okay. I get up at 10. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I am here. (laughs) I'm working 14 to 16 hours, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's not great. sleep. Anyway, so I sleep pretty well. The problem is, is that I go right to sleep when I get home, so I don't really have any of that See, extra. I can't do that. I got an. I, I mean, I have not major insomnia, but I can't just like go right to sleep. I'll sit there and lay there for hours. I just, I have, uh, I have no time to do other things. That's the problem. Yeah. Enough about my personal life, though. <laughs> Let's talk about the personal lives of Glenn talking to his mom on the phone while they have a big boombox playing sound effects yeah. next to them which i love which i thought he it... was in on but i guess he's not well okay so this is what i think probably happened he probably like heard the first portion of that tape and then grabbed it like okay i can use this didn't hear the rest of it <laughs> and then yeah so he gets the phone because they're all hanging out at uh nancy's house her mom uh her parents are divorced her mom is uh, at, out of town i don't think it really says where she is but she's just like not home and his his mom calls him and he is come up with this because he's spending the night at Nancy's house. He's come up with this detailed like this is like super intricate 
backstory as to where he is. Apparently, he said he was at like what is like cousin's house or something, something some like family that. relative that lived near the airport. And he gets the call from her, and he puts in a tape in the um, big boombox and plays it, and it's the sound of planes flying in the background. Yeah. Which is really loud. He's just like, he's like, oh, yeah, noisy here as usual. Like, would it be – if it was that loud in your house all the time, I would shoot myself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then it proceeds to be a vehicle accident and then people screaming yeah. in, in, in pain. It turns into a fucking massacre. Like, you hear gunshots and they're like, oh, no, it's just the neighbors yeah, having a disagreement. Like, I'm fine, Mom. I'll call the police. I'll yeah, call the I'll police, call the police. Mom. Hangs up, and then the girls laugh because we're in high school, yeah. and we like teasing the boys. I, like thought that one through, did you? <laughs> like, Stupid ass. He's not in on his own joke. Dumbass Johnny Depp. <laughs> so Nancy starts talking about this nightmare she had. Yeah, and Tina's starting to get all like, "What's the deal? Like fingernails?" Yeah. Oh, because Tina's talking about the fingernails. She's like, "Oh, it's so funny that you bring that up because the guy that I dreamt about last night, yeah, had like these." He- Finger blades. Yeah, she's like they weren't even like finger blades. They were or fingernails. They were like a finger blade that he had like made himself. Yeah, and he had a dirty red and green sweater. Yeah, and a hat. Uh, yeah, that's all we got for. I think it. it's funny that he was actually dressing like that though when he died. Yeah, I mean, it's made die comfy. Yeah, I don't know. Die comfy or die with regret. That's what I say. It's definitely a uh, a look. Yeah. So <laughs> their uh, a noise brings their attention to outside, mm-hmm. to which the skinniest lad alive, Glenn, says that he'll punch their lights out. That's a threat. Yeah. Uh, Rod comes out. Yeah, they walk out from the trees, man. Or uh, yeah, Glenn walks outside and then gets tackled by Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Get yeah, by a big old Rod. Hell yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of the trees. <laughs> It's called a people where I'm from. Boy. The people. <laughs> so. Got tackled by a rod coming out of the people. So he comes out. He has a garden rake. Yeah. Has nothing to do with Freddy or anything. He just had a garden rake that yeah. is a replica of his claws. It was. I mean, I'm assuming that Rod, even though it doesn't bring it up, I'm assuming that Rod maybe had a dream too. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because uh, it's a big coincidence they were just talking about his claws, or I guess, you know, his knives, like, doing the scra- like the scratching sounds against everything. Yeah. And then he does that on the window, so mm-hmm. maybe he did that because of the dream that he had, or... Rod is upset that he wasn't invited to the, what he presumes to be an orgy, <laughs> and uh, Glenn responds to maybe a funeral, to which he pulls out a switchblade, because, I don't know. Yeah, it provoked... It's very... Stupid ass dull, very dull blade he holds. Yeah, it's actually pretty rounded. It's not even that sharp. I'm sure it's not a real knife. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you at least want to make it look like a real knife. Yeah, but no one's getting cut with it, so Touche. they put a knife. They put a knife in the movie not to use it. <laughs> sure, but I wouldn't give it that much screen time to see how unthreatening. It's like a pizza cutter. Yeah, which it's... I guess could be threatening. Yeah, he's. I mean, none of them really get to fight back except for Nancy, Rod, and. Tina go upstairs to fuck. Basically. People Which, He is fuck. so pushy about this. He's also very sweaty. <laughs> he's very sweaty, very pushy, and he's basically like, I mean, at first she tries to get him to go home, and then he's like, no, nah, like, yeah. go- your parents aren't home. We're going inside. Like, yeah. I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so, proceeds to have, like, the loudest sex ever. <laughs> yeah, his stupid Italian ass going, oh, God. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, God. And she's loving it. She's and Mick loving it. Glenn, Glenn is just like, what you, he says like morality sucks, right? Because he wants to fuck yeah, too. Because what was it? They gotta they, keep watch. Uh, Nancy's freaked out. Yeah, and she's like, oh, we're not, we're we're here we're for not, her yeah, now. Yeah, like we're not here for ourselves. Yeah, 
So fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so they fuck and uh <laughs> she says jungle like, man fixed Jane. It almost sounds like she's like if something goes wrong, we have to like protect her from Rod or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's almost like what she's sounding like. Well, they didn't protect her from Rod, did they? No. <laughs> they <laughs> didn't did. protect her from Rod at all. No, because she, she got the Rod. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> she got that Rod. Tim is doing a very long double eye wink blink at me. <laughs> all right. I broke a blood vessel. So he says something along the lines of uh, maybe that will stop my nightmares. And Tina yeah, says, yeah. when did you have a nightmare? And, and he doesn't answer that. No, he he answers it with it a completely all. different thing, saying, guys can have nightmares, do you know? Yeah, and just kind of rolls over and goes to bed. I love how she's like, what is it? Oh, he, this is the classic, like, bad relationship, like, bad 80s, like, with an asshole relationship. Because he literally, right after they have sex, she's like, I knew I liked you for some reason. He goes, yeah, is that going to mean, like, no more fights or whatever? And then she's just like, yeah, no more fights. He, like, rolls over. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Time for bed. So she is awoken, maybe, <laughs> to a break in the window and uh, someone whispering, Tina. Yeah, someone's hitting the window with rocks. Yes. Uh, and in Nancy's room, we get the first really cool effects. Oh, yeah. I love this scene. Of uh, Freddie looking to attack Nancy. I love the way it's framed too, because it's like it's so centered around like she's in the center sleeping, and like it's going, it's perfect. It's it's yeah, bottom, her. lower, middle, third. Yeah, and then he is the middle to top thirds. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's very well composed. And then you see is the cross falls. She puts the cross back up, and oh, she thought- knocks on the ceiling to make sure it's like hard, because mm-hmm. you know they achieved mm-hmm. that effect by basically probably putting a net over it. Yeah, I think they just... And then having him, like, basically press his face into it yeah. to form to form the uh, man. The Freddy face. The Fred face. Uh, really cool. I loved... Not only was it a cool effect, but excellently composed shot. Oh, yeah, definitely. They used their thirds. And they definitely knew how to show off the, the body parts going into the creases enough so you could get an idea of, like, what was trying to come through. Like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and you can see kind of holes where, like, it looks like the the uh, the knives are about to bust through. Yeah. Like, it takes nothing. Tina goes outside knowing that uh, – not knowing she's in a dream right now. That's one of the creepiest things about this movie is that you never know when they're in a dream. Yeah, until, you know, you have, like, three nights in a row of sleeping. Yeah. And then you know you're And that's one of the craziest things, too, is that you don't know whether or not, because at some point, you know, Nancy just stops sleeping at all, or at least tries to sleep as little as she can. Like, you don't know what's, like, maybe she's hallucinating because she's tired. What is she, did she pass out at some point? Now she's back in a dream. She sees Freddy's shadow when she goes outside. She turns around, and he's walking slowly down the alleyway with his hands, his arms outstretched. One, his claw arm it annoys me scraping so much. against the wall. It annoys me so much that one, only one of his arms actually reached anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, he's only on one side of the street. Yeah. And his arm was one arm reaches like to scrape the the fence or whatever's on the right side. And then his other arm just doesn't make it to anything. <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes, please God. And he goes, this but I guess God. Yeah. I guess he only has one clawed hand, so he wouldn't be able to scrape anything with the other one. His voice, his laugh tracks, or his, like, the noises, because he's not, he doesn't have a lot of, uh, he doesn't actually have a lot of dialogue in the first movie. No, no. A no. lot of just noise, mm-hmm. and maybe it was just the speakers I was listening through, but a lot of it sounds kind of like, 
It sounds like it was recorded differently than the regular dialogue. Yeah, and maybe it's also because of the specific plot. Like, she doesn't know who he is. She doesn't know anything about him. He's mm-hmm. not going to go into, like, a whole long story about who he is. Yeah. Um, he isn't even necessarily after her because of anything she did. It's because of her mom, basically. Yeah. The I way I see it, uh, the the thing that I'm, I'm, I, I created in my head is his voice clips sound like they were ripped from a Nightmare on Elm Street game. Yeah. Unlike the Super Nintendo, where they're, like, kind of bit-crushed and compressed. A lot of his laughter and a lot of his, like, uh noises sound like that. But his regular dialogue when he speaks sounds uh, pretty good. I, I actually like the fact that they don't have him speak that much in this movie because, I mean, in later movies, whenever he speaks, it's just catchphrases. Yeah, he sounds unnatural <laughs> yeah. in this. I think it's cool, though. And, uh, and and when he chases Tina down the alley and he's just kind of like, we got to get like this dude to just be like, boogity, 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 <laughs> death to shoebies. <laughs> Daily reminder, fuck rocket power. <laughs> Bro. You can both fuck and love Rocket Power. Rocket, you know what? You can. Uh, another great shot is she runs past the tree and Fred, co- Freddy comes out from behind the tree. Yeah. But, like, he is wider than the tree. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, really neat. That's another one of the cool things about this, especially being in dream sequences, is that he can pop out of anywhere and, like, technically be whoever he wants to be. Mm-hmm. He... Cuts his own fingers. He stops her, which she just waits and watches. He goes, watch this. I know. He just, and he just cuts two of his fingers off to which green like, slime from Nickelodeon he oozes out. And uh, I guess that's kind of scary. I'd just be like, all right, dude, you just. And if I was in that type of scenario, I'd be like, all right, he just hurt himself. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, she struggles and grabs his face and ends up pulling his face off only to real a cool creepy skeleton dude yeah because he died in a fire so yeah it's all like the the melted flesh kind of whatever comes off easily yeah and she's getting attacked in the bed and we can see freddy struggling under the covers with her but when rod is awakened from this and he pulls the covers off he just sees her struggling he doesn't see freddy yeah and she's basically it is she's just kind of kicking and screaming in the bed and it's funny because you can see when when rod first wakes up you can see that there's a second body underneath there like struggling around with her but as soon as he pulls the blanket off it's just her yeah tina gets scraped she gets right down the stomach right down the stomach yeah it's bad it gets i mean her gut gets like cut open completely it yeah it's like immediate bleeding and then she gets picked up and i don't how do they achieve how did they achieve this oh man i don't know but it's literally just like five minutes of her just like being like dragged across her room like along the ceiling and yeah as she's bleeding everywhere yeah (laughs) i really don't know how they do this i don't either it's probably like a pulley system probably with like a weird like it's the the room that we're seeing is probably not at the angle that we're actually seeing it at yeah you know what that could be true as well because I don't know. I don't know how she's – I don't know where the pulley is because she's spinning on the ceiling as well. Because it also doesn't show Rod looking at her like when they're both in the same We have scene. a shot of her from like the left side, uh, of Rod from the left side. Yeah. So, yeah, we. I don't know what happens uh, only to find like, yeah, she gets killed and then she just gets dropped on the bed and then falls off the bed. Yeah, and she – does she get sucked into the bed? No. Okay, no. no just, that was – that's just Glenn. That was just Glenn. No, yeah. and uh, later on. But um, 
This is when Nancy and Glenn both wake up and they're trying to get into the door and they're they're hearing this the screaming, the commotion, they burst open the door, they see all the blood, they see <laughs> Nancy's dead body, and then they see that the window is open and the rod has fled the fled the room. Yeah. Yeah, but one of the last things they hear is uh Rod saying, Who did this? I'll kill you. Yeah. And he put together pretty quickly that like he was gonna go down for this. So he just yeah. ran away really really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> So, do you want to do you want to take us through this next scene of the police department? This is when we first we first come into the to the police station and we get introduced to uh, Nancy's dad, Lieutenant Thompson, but we don't know it's her father at first, and I don't think anybody else in the station knows that that's his daughter, or at least the person he's talking to didn't know that. that it was doesn't his seem like it. No. Yeah, he's like, oh, like why do you want to talk to that girl, or like I need to talk to that girl. He's mm-hmm. like, why? And he comes in, closes the door, and we find out that the you know it's her father. Her parents are divorced, and they're basically just kind of talking. Or he, they're all fairly convinced that Rod's the one that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for him. He's on the run. She's basically not a hundred percent sure what happened, but she's pretty sure that Rod's not the one that did it. Yeah, or she has a gut feeling that it wasn't him that did it. She basically is trying to explain that you know they didn't really have any sort of fights that would be bad enough for her or to constitute killing like tina or anything like that and even though rod had some you know bad tendencies he didn't she didn't think that he was gonna be or was a killer brings up the fact that tina had a nightmare that she shared with nancy yeah and starts to kind of tell them let them into what's been going on and she's pretty like even this early on with just one kill she seems pretty willing to buy it that it was the nightmare yeah i mean i think that she's definitely starting to come to the conclusion that it's not just like tina just was randomly murdered murdered by some psycho or by rod something's going on yeah and it could be related to the fact that they all had the same nightmare and i mean she still has i mean she doesn't even figure out who freddie actually is until the end of the movie no we don't find out until um really she pulls the hat out of the dream yeah but he does say his name a couple times. Yeah, but she, but we don't pick she, up on that. She doesn't know who he is. Yeah, so it wouldn't really matter to her. She doesn't discover until she like takes the hat. It says Fred Krueger on. Here's it. the history from her mom. Yeah. So she is going to school to Against much her of the dismay wishes. of yeah. her mother, yeah, who she, wants her to sleep. I don't know how long after the murder this was. If it seems like it's almost like maybe like the day after, or a couple of days after, or something like that. Yeah. But she definitely was like, you know, I wanted you to stay home, but she decides to go to school anyway. And on walking on her way to school, who she is starting to kind of feel that somebody is like kind of stalking her. Mm-hmm. But she gets pulled into the bushes, and who is it? It's Rod. It's Rod. Basically, he covers his hand. Or Rod hand coming out of the bush. Yeah, <laughs> into the back into the bush. Back into the, back into the bu- out of the into bush, the into the bush. bush. <laughs> he, uh, he basically he's like, I'm not gonna hurt you. Like I, I didn't do it. You know, they're what they're saying about me is a lie. Like you know that I would never have hurt her. He's not very convincing though, because he sounds very, very mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it turns out that the person stalking her was a cop. Yeah, it was her father, who at which. She says she was like, you know, you used me, mm-hmm. you know, how could, which I, first of all, he's like, what are you even doing going to school today? Which I want to think that maybe the mom called the dad and was like, oh, she's going to go to school today. And he put up like a really short plan. Yeah. On like, you know, that, that got two brought. cruisers involved. It was very coordinated for like, you know, a five, 10 minute plan. Like, first of all, it didn't seem like he had any idea that she was even going to go to school today. Second of all, they had no idea that Rod was just going to appear and try to like talk to her at all. Basically, they they like the law is convinced that Rod is 
the murderer and he is going to jail for this. Yes. But she decides to go back to go to school. We're at school, and this is our first look at Lynn Shea as our teacher. Yes, and also our last. Yeah. <laughs> this is the scene. We do not see Lynn Shea again in this movie after the she wakes up from her nightmare in school. <laughs> so she is, yeah, she's very tired. So we're going to say maybe this is the night after or maybe two days after uh, the death. This definitely seems like she's started to... Well, I don't, it's not. That I she think it's the day sleep. after because um, she didn't get a lot of sleep the night before from the murder. Yeah. And Rod, when he t- when he kidnaps her, still has blood on his hand. Yeah. And I think it's it's definitely. I don't think that she stopped sleeping yet. She's probably just had trouble sleeping because of what's happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, they start. Well, the guy starts going to this whole monologue on Shakespeare, and she ends up passing out and. Looking out the 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 doorway next to her because she's her desk is right next to the exit door for the classroom, mm-hmm. and sees. This is very. This feels different. Like Nightmare on Elm Street's kind of goofy. Yeah. This feels Warm. very horror. Well, it very, didn't start it, off goofy. No, it didn't start off goofy. But this feels so. When this scene came up, it felt so different from what the movie has been so far, and even from what the yeah. rest of the movie is. Yeah. Just like a different pure different vibe of horror. Yeah. Kind of. Um Tina looks out of her classroom and she sees the she see or no. Nancy she sees looks Tina in the body bag. Tina in the body bag. And then she starts uh getting dragged down the hallway by some Yeah, you entity. don't see it's literally nothing. It's just she's being she sees the, the body bag and it's being dragged down the hallway by li- like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. But uh, she starts following the blood trail down the hall. Which why? Yeah. And the you hall see, pass girl. One, you see Tina. She's in a body bag. You know this bitch is dead. You know your ass is asleep, too. Yeah, and, well, I don't know if she knows she's asleep. Second of all, she's fucking walking down and following a blood trail down her hallway in school, which I guess nobody else seems to have noticed. Well, because um, she's dreaming. Yeah, but she runs into this random girl in the hallway as she's following this blood trail, and this is our first look into being able to see that Freddy can change into other people. Mm-hmm. Knocks her down. She's like, you know, where's your hall pass? She's like, you know, screw your hall pass. <laughs> and starts running away from or, or again, turns around and sees that the hall monitor is actually Freddy. He's changed to the, the red and green sweater. And she's well, got she the, has the red and green sweater to oh, begin with. Okay, uh, yeah. She just has, she has the claw glove. Yeah. I think she had the hat on, too. Did she? I don't think so. I think it was just the uh, no, yeah, yeah, just the, the just the claws, the hair on her head. She goes downstairs to the basement of the school. Yeah, which actually this is, is another boiler. This is where uh, Freddie used to work. I think was the basement of the school. Yeah, this is Batam, right? Batam Elementary yeah. or Batam High? Yeah, yeah. And he comes he was a janitor. That's right. He comes out and he's like, "Look what I can do!" And he yeah. cuts his uh, his tit open. <laughs> Like Where green, green more maggots and sludge, and more green putty and uh, worms come out. He's very into like self harm, <laughs> so like scare yeah. other people. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of, I'm kind of digging it. He's like a, he's like an extreme sword swallower. He's basically like showing them what he's gonna do to them on his own body. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put slime in you, my slime, <laughs> but it won't be green. I'm gonna fill you with slime. <laughs> he's so we're back in this boiler scene and he's chasing her. It, he, I love I love these scenes because it's like the thing about a boiler room is it's so easy to get trapped in an, in an area or and so easy to take a wrong turn and, you know, end up in a mixture of fuck to have no idea where the hell you're going. It's such a perfect scene for like a horror movie like chase scene. 
only for everything to end in a dead end because boiler rooms typically seem to only have one to two entries. Yeah, and this is actually where you see the first uh, where he mentions his name. He's kind of got her cornered in the boiler room and he's like, come to Freddy. Um, I think that's the first time he like mentions his name to them. And then she throws her arm onto one of the like, hot steaming like boilers next to her, burns herself to wake herself up, like f- flings open, uh, fling like stands up from her desk in the classroom just absolutely screaming her head off which she's still asleep only uh the teacher wakes her up yeah and, and then she just looks normal she's like yeah i'm fine i just i'm gonna go home yeah she's like i'm, I'm gonna go home because she said she was gonna call her parents she's like no i'm just gonna go home like i'll be fine and then she looks on her arm and she sees that the burn from the dream is there mm-hmm. and then it was all it was all real something some some fucking thing is going down man something's happening my dreams are real Something's happening. It's a, uh, now it's a small burn. Her first visit to Rod. Mm-hmm. Rod is uh, basically giving us a play-by-play of what happened when he woke up to see Tina just uh, struggling. And she wants to know for sure that Rod just didn't kill Tina. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I, w- I would have never done it, you know, there, but there was somebody in there with us. There's somebody else under the sheets. Mm-hmm. Now, and Rod never saw, like, Freddy or anything like that. Nobody but... saw the cut on her chest with what looked like four razors. Yeah. And then whatever entity killed her was invisible and was able to do all of that crazy shit, like lift her up and yeah. put her on the ceiling. And Rod basically says, you don't think I did it? And, and she... Nancy says, no. So now... We got us a mystery on our hands. So this is actually one of my favorite scenes. This is strange. Why is she singing the song? I think because she heard it in her dream. Or she's been hearing it around town in like dreamlike state. Don't fall asleep in the bathtub. This is how Whitney Houston died. Yeah, well, she's also not drugged out, at least. (laughs) Man, I I forget she's dead a lot. And then we get she, she passes out, and then we see... The claws coming up through the water. Yeah. Slowly inching towards her. Yeah. And then is it... It's is a it, weird... Yeah. It's definitely very rapey. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Uh, she is waking up. She's woken up from... Um, the mom. From the mom knocking on the door, telling her not to fall asleep in there because she could drown. Only for her to fall almost asleep. fucking drown. <laughs> and almost drown. She gets pulled through the bottom of the fucking... Like, a hole opens up in the bottom of the bathtub. And, of course, none of the water is draining, but she's being pulled through this hole. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, like, an underwater... Or under bathtub ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, she gets pulled down. She, she almost co- drowns. She almost drowns. She says she slipped out of the tub. She lies. This made me mad. Why don't you just tell her? Well, one, it's almost like you know your mom's not going to believe you saying, like, oh, she's going to say you just fell asleep and had a bad dream. You know, you're not going to tell your mom, like, I almost drowned in the bathtub. Someone was pulling me under and a hole cut out through the bottom and, and under the house ocean. You know what <laughs> the next easiest person to be, like, who is of understanding of the situation? It's fucking Rod. Oh, yeah. But it's also, like, the shittiest part about it is the fact that these are technically nightmares. So like, oh, I had a nightmare, but you can't say, like, I almost died in my nightmare. No one's going to be like, you know, yeah. oh, shit, you almost died, but not, like, actually almost died. <laughs> right. Who is this man in my dreams? You could probably just say who the man in your dreams are. Maybe they would recognize it. Maybe they'd be able to recognize it and, yeah. and do. And maybe they realize that there is there's a story to be told or whatever. So here's now that she's been having more of these nightmares, we're finally getting to the point where she is forcefully keeping herself awake, but you know, taking medication, drinking boat shit tons of coffee mm-hmm. and basically doing anything she can to stay awake throughout the night. Mm-hmm. 
And Glenn is just waiting, waiting to jump in. Oh, dude, it was the perfect coincidence where she just gets up and she wasn't even going over there to check the window to see if someone was there. She was going to look out the window and he just happened to have been there. Already, yeah. Like, waiting. Was he just going to wait the whole night? I don't know, man. Or maybe it was like truly a coincidence. I mean, obviously, for film's sake, he was just sitting there waiting for her to walk to the window. Yeah. But... I'm guessing we're supposed to assume that he was just to happen to have gone up there the exact moment that she was walking over the window. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he wasn't just standing there for hours watching her sleep. <laughs> yeah, or trying not to sleep. He says, "What's the, basically, he asks what the deal is with the scare she had in English class, and she even lies to him about the burn. Kind of. She's like, I burned it in English class, but it's almost like, you couldn't have, like, I mean, it's not like she had a lighter. It was just, like, holding it against her arm or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. something a little off there. Uh, so She's trying to get Glenn to, which I'm guessing Glenn has had one of these nightmares. I sh- it doesn't seem like he has yet. It seems like it's, I think just he, the, um, it's just Tina and Nancy at this point. Well, Rod had a nightmare, too. So I'm, I'm assuming that Glenn maybe had. It doesn't seem like any of these, like, it doesn't seem like Rod and or Glenn are having continuing nightmares. But I think on yeah. the first night, they did have a nightmare. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe Rod had a nightmare that had nothing to do with anything. He just had a nightmare to make Tina think. Yeah. I like, know. we don't know. Glenn doesn't seem to be bothered by, like, continuing nightmares. He seems to have been sleeping fine. I don't know. So Nancy asks a favor of, of Glenn, and that is... I now, need you to keep guard. I'm going to look for somebody. I hate this scene. Well, like because Glenn's a dumb fuck. No, because she's walking down the street and it's like you know it's creepy. Whatever. She doesn't see anything for a little while because she's just kind of walking around town, mm-hmm. heading to the school for to the boiler area. But she's like, "Hey, like Glenn," and Glenn comes out from behind the trees and is like, "Yeah." She's like, "Just making sure you're still there." And he goes, "Oh yeah, what of it?" And then goes back into the trees. He, this is a dream sequence. Like, he's just sitting next to her while she's passed out in the bed, but somehow she turns around and is like, hey, Glenn, and he pums out of the trees. It's like, yeah? <laughs> Fair. But he still has like the response. Yeah, look, are you still watching? Yeah. He just comes out of the trees. Like, yeah, I'm here. Like, he's somehow, like, spiritually following her, even though he can't actually see anything. He, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and it, okay, first of all, this would indicate that she is sleeping on her bed, that somehow in her dream spoke out through her body to Glenn, who was sitting next to her, saying, are you still watching? And then he answered, yeah, I'm still here. And somehow that went into her dream as a form of himself coming out of the bushes, being like, yo. <laughs> no idea. Uh, Fuck! <laughs> it doesn't, regardless, he still has a mission to wake her up if she starts, you know, Seeming screaming. like she's having a bad nightmare. Right? Yeah. So, let's just ignore all of this weird convolutedness <laughs> and move on. Because <laughs> we don't know what the fuck is going on, frankly. So, Glenn is... To or maybe that was do Freddy. something to ooh, maybe ooh. it was Freddy because maybe he, maybe Glenn had already passed <gasps> out and Freddie was like, "Oh, I'm still here." <laughs> that answers half of the question. The other half of the question is, why does Nancy still ask if he's <laughs> if he's yeah. keeping watch? I don't know. Weird shit. So she runs down to the precinct to see Rod sleeping. Yeah, which okay, first which of all, this is in Rod's dream. This I is don't Nancy's. understand any of this. She is sleeping at home right now. Yes. Yet somehow she, one, she thought that one, by going to sleep, there would be an entire recreation of the town that she'd be able to walk through. Two, like, why in her dream state, she knows she's sleeping. Why would she be like, let's go to the precinct to go see Rod? Yeah. It's almost like she's, uh, on like, what is it, astral projecting right now. 
He uh, teleports. Not really teleports. He just kind of no clips. Walks through the bars of the cell. <laughs> then why did he open the door? I have no <laughs> just idea. Just no clips so through the door. There's so many little things about this movie. I love this movie, but. Yeah. It, it, I mean, could you say it gets more thought out? <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely a little too thought out, but. Rod yeah, wakes so, up and we find Tina again in the body bag. Uh, she's looking better. Yeah, we're doing we're like it's. I could definitely tell for this scene that like, oh, what would creep him out the most if we had a cockroach or a, a millipede? A millipede come out of her mouth and a bunch of sludgy guts standing yeah. at her feet, like her stomach was cut open. Octopus and, woman. Yeah, she's. Uh, and then we get like this is one we can see a mile away. It's like oh. Ah, uh, he jumps out of the bushes. <laughs> yeah, Freddy has <laughs> spooky. <it. laughs> yeah, Freddy's back now, still chasing her. She saw he saw her. Uh, she saw him in the jail cell for a second over Rob, but he just disappears, and now he's chasing her down the street. Which apparently now she's already back home. Yeah, I don't know how far away the precinct precinct ain't very far. Yeah. I do think this scare is like it really isn't that scare. It's probably the least scary thing. That's supposed to be scary in the movie for the actor. Yeah, like if you're, you know, you just saw him in the jail cell. All of a sudden, he disappeared, and now you have no idea where he is, and he just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're on camera. Spaghetti. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher pops up. Here's the camera. Here's the camera. <laughs> Craft punk. There's a camera here. There's a camera here. There's a camera here. Uh, so she, in an effort to escape, uh, runs up her stairs, which turn into marshmallow fluff. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I thought of. I was like, I'm up another stairs. New England <laughs> shit. <laughs> Freddie breaks through the window with Tina's, not her face, but her skin on her face. Yeah. And, and it's she, he talks in her voice for a second, yeah, too. He's and like, Save he's like, me from Freddie. <laughs> She runs up. I guess the fluff runner stairs stop at the stair part. Yeah, she comes back into her room and sees. Okay, she must be like in a, some sort of astral projection because she sees Glenn asleep. She's a dream master. She's a dream warrior before the dream warriors. Dude, seriously, man. Only uh, she starts shouting, "This isn't a dream. This isn't real." Only for Freddy to uh, bonsai through the the yeah. mirror and he, he starts the, wrestling with her. Yeah, and then we get. The, I love how we see the scene of like her. She's wrestling with Freddy, and then she's like just like struggling by herself, and then she's wrestling with Freddy again, and it's like it's showing the difference between what's happening in her dream to where it's happening with her body. But uh, Glenn is still—I mean, obviously Glenn can't see or hear any of this, but she's in a major battle for her life as he is just fucking passed out next to her. He's like, not a—he um, looks like a frail man, though, you know. Who, Freddy? Freddy. Yeah, I mean, he's supernaturally powerful. True. He's not exactly like a ripped fucking like Jason type character. True. She wakes up because she hits the alarm clock when she freaks out. Yeah, she. I think she had a thing set just in case. I mean, just in case anything happened. But she's pissed off at Glenn because he only had one thing to do, and that was to wake me up if I seemed like I was having a bad dream. And what did he do? He fucking fell asleep. He fell asleep. You fucking fell asleep on me, Glenn. I could have died. Right. And Glenn, uh, uh, honestly, though, before he can even offer an explanation, uh, the door knocks because her mother checks in because she was screaming. She, yeah. Honestly, can he you really can you really blame Glenn, though? Like, I can understand being mad that like, OK, yeah, he fell asleep while you told him to watch over you and wake you up if you're having a bad nightmare or anything like that. But it's like he doesn't want one like truly know anything that's been like all the stuff that's going on with her. Like, he doesn't know that, like, if he doesn't. Like, watch her like a fucking hawk. She's going to fucking die. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She asks if Glenn is still there, and she sees a single feather, feather of a pillow and realizes that... She's asleep. 
She is. Because the window's open again. Still. So she decides to, I guess he was still there or something because they decide to go to the precinct. Mm-hmm. Which I have no idea what fucking time of night it is. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Garcia, I want to see Rod. None of these guys are that concerned that two teenagers just walked into a police precinct at God knows what time during the night asking to see a prisoner. Because I think at this point Garcia knows that there's a relation between Lieutenant Thompson. Yeah, and I guess I don't know if this is like more of like a small town mindset where she just kind of knows everybody and it's more of like the less of a Could big be. deal. But Could be. As she is having a conversation with the precinct officers her father shows up and while this is happening there is a twisted bed sheet that is slowly making its way around rod's, rod's neck. neck she's basically trying to get them all to you know just check on him she has a bad feeling that something is going to happen and she just wants to check on him yes rod is uh rod is getting uh slowly constricted by the bed which will end is... up hanging him yeah, this is the only death that doesn't happen within a dream. Rod's not dreaming. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this is all happening in Nancy's... Uh, this is happening to Nancy's perspective, but Rod is definitely... Because uh, Tina died... Uh, she died like, you know, you could see what would happen to her in real life, but she was dreaming at the time. Rod, I guess, is probably the only death... Maybe, no, I would say Rod and Glenn both die when they're not dreaming. Well, they're sleep. Are they? Asleep? They're, they're both asleep, so they have to be dreaming. But this isn't happening in their dream because they come down, and they see Rod hung. That's true. Uh, the moment that because we don't actually see Freddy either. Yeah. Um, which I thought this was. Uh, it's really hard to tell what the hell we're seeing. Uh, yeah. We are seeing Nancy awake and Rod being attacked in his dream, but not seeing Freddy. And we wouldn't see Freddy if we were looking at Nancy's perspective because Nancy's awake, mm-hmm. and Rod doesn't know that he can bring people into the real world, or he has to wake up to do that. Yeah. So, Such a brutal neck snap, though. Yeah, it when is. You see the, the, the moment that the door opens, the neck snaps. Yeah, and you can see it's like weirdly elongated and twisted. Like Yeah, and he goes pale immediately. Yeah. Rod's funeral, um, where the priest is basically like, he lived by the sword. He died by the sword. Everybody's we convinced. are above this man, yeah. and now we will be above this man when we bury him. Everybody is still convinced that he's the one that killed Tina. Yes. So they're giving him a funeral that basically kind of fits that. She says to her father while uh, her mother puts her in the car that the killer's still out there, and he says, you don't think Rod killed yeah, he, she's con- she's convinced that there's another guy. She just doesn't know the name. And this is where she finally gives them a description of, you know, he's got a green and red sweater. He's got a fedora hat. He's got, you know, the, the claw-like knives that he wears on his hands. And we get a slow zoom on Marge, on, his mo- on her mom. You can see the father and the mother both are kind of troubled by what she's telling them. Like they recognize either the features or they have some sort of connection to what she's talking about. So they're going to get her some help is what she says. Yeah. And they basically take her to like a sleep clinic. Yeah. Sleep clinic. And they're going to test her. uh, And she she's reluctant to do it because she's worried she's going to get attacked or possibly killed in this. She doesn't want to go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. They ask her how long has it been happening since the murders, and slowly but surely she's entering deep sleep, and it's mostly fine. And then we see uh, she starts like it looks like she starts convulsing. Mm-hmm. Actually, it looks a lot like someone convulsing. Or and this like, is the or, only dream that she has that we don't actually get to see what happens, right? Because yes, she we don't wakes know. up and has the hat. Yes, we don't know. Uh, and 
her Everything, all her stuff is going like completely a wall. Like it's way more than average. Statistics are going crazy. She is. Uh, Stuff is happening that technically shouldn't, like, it's confusing. This shouldn't be happening that technically isn't possible to yeah. be happening to the human brain while, like, a sleeping, but... Yeah. They do a great job at, uh... She does a great job at, like, freaking out in the bed. Yeah, definitely. And he tries to give her medication uh, to help her... Uh, go, go back to sleep, yeah. and he goes, she's like... Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Did you just see what happened to me? You want to force me to go back into that? She got scraped by his claws. Yeah. They the don't first. they don't know they say what happened. Bitch, you were watching? Yeah. And like obviously my fingernails aren't long enough to leave. Believe my fucking my nightmare. And then here's the hat. Yeah, she she pulled this is the first bit of physical evidence that she's able to produce that something is fucking going on. Mm-hmm. She pulled the hat from the dream. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the way to pull things from dreams are to just grab the object, have it in your hand when you when wake you up. wake up. So that's you know what that's what they did in the reboot too, because he has no power in the real world. I can't speak for anything after this movie, but this, in the reboot he has no power. In the this real world. movie, it's almost like a almost like a Pennywise type scenario where he almost like feeds off of their fear more than so more so than like he's only has powers in like the dream world. She starts arguing because now her hair, she has that gray streak in her hair. Yeah, this is where she starts to literally go gray because uh, either from the dreams or because she's not sleeping. As a result of the sleep study, she gets the gray hair. Like, as a result of this past uh, attack. I think that it's probably a mixture of, like, her not sleeping and then, like, the massive amounts of shock that she endures every single time she goes through one of those dreams. Yeah, yeah. But she is basically... she. Starts to realize that, or her mom might have some sort of connection with what's been what's been happening to her, with this man that's been haunting her in her dreams, and she starts to get really mad that you know her mom won't tell her anything about it. Mm-hmm. Basically, she's like, "You have to believe me." And she's like, "I pulled this hat out like right in front of you. Like, how can you explain this if not you know something's going on?" And the mom, you know, I mean, like typically any mom, she just tries to kind of keep her calm while being like you know she definitely is starting to believe that something's going on but she's still very cautious still very skeptical doesn't want to believe that anything's going on especially with the connection that she has to freddy she has a great house for an alcoholic didn't even think about that what's she doing what's she working dude i don't know this is the 80s business business corp it's easier to make money yeah well (laughs) well i don't know if she's also getting this pre or post back monday Payments from the dad could be. She's still in Alimony. high school. Alimony. Yeah, she's could still be. in high school. She could be getting uh, her kids. child support. Child support. Yeah, she smashes her bottle of vodka. Which I want to say that throughout the bo- throughout this movie, every single bottle of vodka that she like pulls out of nowhere seems to be like chilled. <laughs> like she pulls a bottle of vodka that she had hidden in a closet in one scene, and it looks like it's like a chilled bottle of vodka. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, she won't admit. Who Fred Krueger is? Yeah, but she definitely she she admitted that she knew who he was though because she said yeah. Fred Krueger can't can he can't hurt you. you he's dead yeah. trust me I know and then that's it and then she leaves and uh, and she just wants her to sleep man she just wants her to sleep yeah because this is becoming as much of a nightmare for her as it is for Nancy so the next scene is in at a bridge where Glenn and Nancy are talking to each other and she's reading about. Uh, survival book she yeah she bought uh almost like books that you would like set like up books for like hunting animals kind of it's like homemade house traps kind of for protection yeah protects against home invasions yeah 
It's like Home Alone, but for... Yeah. For Glenn starts talking about uh, dream skills, which are something that uh, is certain people have. Certain Was it like a tribe of people or something like that? A they certain tribe, be yeah. Be able to go into their dreams and learn certain things and pull those Essentially, dream skills is lucid dreaming. Yeah. It kind of sounds like, and when things go kind of a uh, wall, they just reject what's happening and it gives the monsters no power. They're able to also like pull like information and like skills and stuff that are things that they do in the dream, like I guess out into the real world. And that's kind of what he's saying, which kind of gives her the idea of being able to pull Freddy into the real real world. Yeah, yeah. So there's the plan, yeah. basically set into motion. And when she returns, gates have been installed. This looks all like over the house. a ghetto house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this mom, although. For seemingly not, you know, believing her daughter has gone extremely overboard and put in like straight bars over every single window around the house. A lot of horseshit. Mom's a her mom is is it's bad. So so the mom is finally going to explain to her who Freddy Krueger is. Yes, she's like, come down to the basement with me, come to the boiler, and you know we'll talk about this. Mm-hmm. So she comes, which this is the most that, okay. That scene right there where she's talking about, uh, you know, come downstairs with me is literally the most like unnecessarily dramatic scene in this movie. She comes out and she's like holding a cigarette, but it's like the way that she walks in, like she's like, like she tries to walk in, like she's almost like she's wearing like a nightgown, like super elegantly. And she's got the cigarette in her hand, like flicks it. And then lights it. She's like, I assume that she was drunk. Probably. But it doesn't seem she like she's pretty it coherent super, like, here. Flamboyantly, as she's like doing it, she's <laughs> very coherent when she explains, and she explains who Fred Krueger is he to was Nancy. A, he a was child a child killer, child murderer who killed twenty kids in the neighborhood, and because of some bad stuff with the law and the fact that people signed warrants in the wrong place, it, they, the he town, got free. The town built like had a lot of anger building up first because they couldn't figure out who it was. And then worse because after they found out who it was and he was arrested, he was set free. He was set free because of, uh, officers fucking up. Yeah. So they decided to take it into their own hands. Found him in a boiler room. They, Which I still don't understand why they say a bunch of us parents tracked him down because the, this was the parents of the neighborhood ago. that didn't want. Well, yeah, this was years ago, but she's probably in her forties. Yeah, I guess so. Young parents, man. Eighties, yeah. stick a penis in a vagina, man. That happens <laughs> at any year. At any year. Mm. No, not like that. <laughs> well, Freddie. <laughs> so for Freddie, maybe, but <laughs> maybe for Freddie. So, um, what we get next is. She explains how she took gasoline, coated the place with it, and then lit it up and just watched it burn. Yeah. And she kept his claws. That's cursed. That's, That's definitely, definitely why cursed. she's been fucking having these nightmares because her mom fucking kept the murder weapon that he had. Yes. In her goddamn furnace for yeah. however many years. That's not haunted as shit. <laughs> That's haunted. That's haunted. So this is a... Special moment where uh, Glenn, who notices that his uh, his phone is ringing, wakes up out of bed. What is he wearing? It's a crop top uh, football jersey. <laughs> He's, okay, the gay dude in Scary Movie. That's him. Yeah, that's yeah. him. There he is. He's wearing like a cutoff crop top like sweater, like football sweater. Where he asked the girl to <laughs> to put more of the football gear on until she <laughs> just looks like a football player. 
But it's basically just Nancy gives him a call. They're just kind of having a conversation about what's been going on. He, she tells him that she finally knows who it is that she's been dreaming about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know Freddy Krueger, and she's kind of letting him know that she assumes that she's next. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So he's like, you know, if something happens to me, then he's going to come for you next, mm-hmm. and you need to be prepared. But she's basically telling him that you know she has a plan. The ideas that he gave her through the the dream skills is basically like I saw that I could bring the hat into the real world by holding on to it. So if I can bring him into the real world, then maybe I can at least, you know, get him arrested or, you know, killed or something. Yeah. Arrested, killed, you know, whatever. Dead or whatever alive. Whatever happens. <laughs> dead or alive. He's definitely a dead or alive kind of kind of guy. I don't think you'd be able to arrest Freddy. <laughs> Probably not. He just cut through the goddamn chains. Yeah. He tells her to she tells him. To come over with, I don't know, something, baseball bat or something. He's the jock. Yeah. To attack him when uh, she brings him out of the dream. He does not come over. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he decides to lay back down, go back to sleep while she is waiting. And she, yeah, he he is, he's very bad at this. There's like 18 minutes left on that clock before he's supposed to go over there. Yeah. And he falls back asleep. The one thing he was supposed to not do, again. He, he did twice, Yeah, technically. Which now, I mean, I would probably be a little more pissed off because, you know, you told him goddamn how many times to stay fucking awake. Yeah. She looks out the window one more time to see Glenn's dad just watching her. Yeah. He definitely, like, they probably, they have a, they seem to have some sort of problem with her. And I think it's probably because she, the whole town sees her sort of going, like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, just like, she's kind of lunatic. Um. They just don't want her kind of hanging around their son, I guess. Yep. Which, you know, that whole 1980s, we don't give a fuck about your feelings. You just witnessed a murder, but you should be acting completely normal like the rest of us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's 1984. Do a lot of coke and do a lot of coke. (laughs) She's still bleeding from this. Yeah. Which got a, it has to have been at least a day since the sleep study. Yeah. Or a night. But I don't know how deep those wounds were. But then again, if I guess if they were fairly deep, she would have gotten stitches. <laughs> yeah. But uh, she <laughs> she tries to escape only to find yeah, see, okay, so another chill. Yeah, that's it chilled. It looks like a chilled vodka bottle. Yeah. And trust me, my dad loves vodka. I've seen plenty of chilled bottles. <laughs> I have yet to taste a good tasting vodka. It's just water and alcohol. Ugh, rotten potato juice. Ugh. I know. I prefer, I prefer my like whiskey or bourbon. I just want something that feels refreshing. You my know? my dad my dad's a vodka man. I, I I prefer like whiskey. I just want to feel refreshed. Refreshed. Yeah. That's why I don't like beer. It's just liquid bread. I don't feel refreshed drinking a beer. Sure. I, I like I like a cider. Good cider. Maybe a cider. Yeah. Especially Maybe during some. the fall. Yeah. Get yourself a good cider. Maybe you should try some of that free shit. Fruity shit. Shit. <laughs> That's what a cider is, kinda. Yeah. I like apple. That's fine. I'll try it. I'll try Balmers. I tried a, we don't a, have Balmers in America, I don't think. I think that's an Irish thing. No, nah, I tried a pear cider one time that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Do we back get, to the movie. Back to the movie. <laughs> she calls Glenn. Yeah, she calls again because he is asleep and she er, made he had made the promise to come over. Mm-hmm. He's passed out. She calls him and the parents are basically like, you know, we don't want you talking to him. He's yeah, asleep right she now. says, um, is there anything like uh, – Glenn's mother answers the phone and says, "Oh, what do you want?" <laughs> like, "Oh, it's private." Uh, and she leads over to her father. It's like, "It's private." He says, "I'll take this." You just gotta be firm with the kids, you know. He's asleep. 
sorry, hangs up, and then puts it on dial tone. Yeah. So she can't call back. Call back. And then she gets a ring, and it's the metal screeching noise of the claws. And then the she claws. proceeds to tear her phone out of the wall, and she goes, oh, shit, what if Glenn calls back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he did. <laughs> so the phone rings again, but the phone is disconnected. Yeah, and this is now where she's – I think she's back in a dream now. Yeah. I'll be your boyfriend, Nancy. <laughs> the that is, tongue comes out of the bottom of the phone. Oh, that is good. It's great. You gotta look good. You got a good licking. My tongue tastes good. <laughs> that is some pedophile shit. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep. I so know, she's a little. She's like I'm assuming Freddie at some point is like she's a little too old for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, lost profits again. <laughs> and reset the clock. Takes off. The, the face falls off and it's just Ian Watkins. Someone is going to die. It's either going to be her. Or it's going to be Glenn. Her mother doesn't give a flying fuck yeah she will not and let this, her outside of the house this is aggravating as all hell because she's, she's also she's drunk. fucked up yeah she's like i you know give me the key to let me outside she's like i don't even have the key i don't know where it is <laughs> which is probably gonna be a problem in the morning when your drunk ass mother like can't get out of the house because she can't find where the fucking key is yeah but he is passed out he is asleep on his bed we are who just fucking passes out with a tv on their stomach uh johnny depp johnny depp does it is r- like right on his dick. It's yeah. like that is not comfortable. Well, the heat. And then we get a really quick death scene. This is really cool scene. It's super quick though. He literally is falling. He's passed out on his bed. Then all of a sudden he gets pulled in through a hole in his bed sheets, and then we just get a gigantic cannon of blood shooting up back up under the ceiling. Yeah, and this blood is um so okay. So this set is upside down. I mean, this is like right probably. Like, this is, like, we are looking at a camera that is... The way that it's falling, it's definitely... Yeah, it seems almost like they're moving the room around, possibly. It's very strange. It's like a camera that's upside down in a room that's upside down. I think they're blasting... They're not probably not blasting it up. It's probably falling through. Like, the room is probably upside down when they're filming it. And they probably have some sort of fan that's, like, blowing it. Because it all starts blowing to the left. Yeah. Send in the police! Now, okay, first of all, one, Rod's dead. So yeah. if there is a killer, that means that, that Rod. Means it's not Rod. Nancy was right. Some shit's going down. Yeah. Second of all, they're definitely within a split, like maybe 10 minutes since the last time they had saw their son. Somebody was able to go upstairs, tear their son to fucking pieces to the point where it's literally just blood left yeah like it's almost like his entire body was grounded down into liquid mm-hmm. and just shot up into the ceiling mm-hmm. i mean the, without uh, there's no sort of like human answer i could give this like to this murder yeah it's bad it's very bad and i mean you know there's not even a body it's just blood <laughs> she gets a call the house phone gets a call and it's a uh, it's Nancy again. And she's basically like, I already know what happened. As soon as she's heard that the cops and stuff come over to his house. And I need you. He basically gives the plan to Glenn to her father. Yeah. Says, I'm going to, I'm going to get the guy who killed him, which, and I need you to be here to arrest him when I bring him out. Yeah. And he basically, I mean, he's making empty promises to her. He's basically just like, Oh, she's tired. She's kind of going a little nuts or whatever. Like, yeah, sure. I'll be there. Whatever. Just go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you should, you should definitely get some sleep. She, now she starts setting up eighties trap montage. Oh yeah, boy. <laughs> Which she only sets up like what three traps? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. She's got the hammer hanging from the ceiling. She's got the exploding light bulb. And I think she had some sort of tripwire or something. I don't yeah, tripwire that, like, it, that shit explodes. Oh, yeah. Like, she made the. And that's in the living room that her mother is in. But her mother gets tucked into bed, so her it's mom, fine. Yeah. Which I don't know when that mom went to. Oh, yeah. She basically figures out that this is her. The entire not, like, mo- time the mom is sleeping through this. Yes. Besides when she goes up at the end, when the when the dad comes home, but yes. like the entire time when like the the bottom when she's fighting Freddy and he's on fire and all that stuff, like the mom is just passed out. Yeah, <laughs> but she's basically almost kind of saying like you know, and I love you, like I almost a goodbye in a sense. If I don't make it back, the mom doesn't really know what's going on like fully, but um, she's about to can, she's about to go on her plan to bring Freddy down and mm-hmm. she's saying a, one final goodbye possibly to her her mom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, cuz Nancy doesn't know if she's going to make it out alive. Yeah. Well, does she no one know else has. the opposite's going to happen or does it? Or does it even? <laughs> I don't fucking know. This movie's convoluted as all shit. So she says, Freddie, tonight we play in your court, even yeah. though she's been playing in his court since the very beginning. You know, right? This is a cheesy, cheesy 80s action line. We're playing in your court tonight, Freddie. Yeah. He can't <laughs> fucking hear you. You're not dreaming yet. Uh, I'm sure he can hear. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so she does this weird prayer thing. She, yeah, she I've only I seen was... this once before in Enter Sandman. <laughs> it's a prayer, but I forget the name of it. No idea. I think it's called like the Lord's Prayer. Or, like Seems very Irish. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray yeah. the Lord my soul to keep. Hush, little my baby, don't say a word. <laughs> Just ignore that voice you heard. My soul to take. She it's lays down. She's the under your bed. In your closet on the phone. <laughs> With Glenn. <laughs> I made it rhyme. But now she's going sort of. back into the dream world. She's yes. falling asleep. On a timer. Face. Oh, yeah, yeah. She has. She set the uh, the um, alarm again. To 20 minutes. So she'll be awoken. And she has, I guess, a watch on that's kind of letting her know what time is going yeah. past. She dreamed of the watch? I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't remember her Apparently, whatever she's wearing her, but... gets... Oh, well, I guess because it's attached to her, it yeah. comes into the dream with her the same that it would probably come out of the dream with yeah, her. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's a dream, you could just as easily just imagine a watch. <laughs> yeah. She goes back down to the boiler room to have her, 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 her last duel in the dream world with Freddy. Yeah. And starts calling out to Kruger. Yeah, she's basically trying to find him this whole time. Like she finds the cross that fell off of her her ceiling in the like on a creepy old bed. But she's kind of hearing stuff yeah. going around, and she's like, you know, get the fuck out here! Like, why yeah. are you hiding from me? John, uh, Glenn's bloody headphones. Yeah, basically confirming that Glenn is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even she, though she she knows she didn't see. Anything yeah, and when she but... goes down to the actual like boiler, she finds that the claw is gone, yeah. and Freddy is here. She jumps out of the boiler room. Which was actually on the second floor of the house. Yeah, to... it, it, this whole sequence keeps switching areas as she's like moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is screaming for Freddy, and she only has like a couple more seconds left as he is hunting her down. Mm-hmm. Basically, jump straight. This is the stupidest. You don't with somebody with claws for hands. You don't just straight jump onto them. Yeah, with the hopes that you know you're gonna wake up. But she jumps back awake when she's in this mid stranglehold with Freddy. Yeah, she wakes up. Nobody is there. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh shit, it didn't work." Like she, and this is the only jump scare in the movie. Yeah, she actually. This is fun, kind of funny because she, when she wakes back up, she comes back to the realization. She's like, "Oh shit, maybe I am crazy." Yeah, and then he pops up, 
And that's when, you know, she starts or he, she starts getting attacked. And this is the first time that he's really just kind of like chasing her around. So maybe that does kind of lend some credit to maybe he's not as powerful in the real world. Yeah. Um, because he he he's able to be hurt. She smashes him on the top of the head with like a glass whatever and it hurts him. And then she the, the traps definitely hurt him at least a little bit. They don't kill him or anything. But yeah, this also another aggravating scene. She's, oh, yeah. She's like, I got him trapped. And he goes, it's going to be OK. I know. She's the fucking killer is in there the entire time. Yeah. That, you know, there's a guy in the house that fucking come save me. Go get my dad. And he's like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're f- oh, so she's just crazy. She opens the door, gets a sledgehammer. He should have the n- wind knockout. He should sound like Grape Lady. But now she rebound. starts luring him into her numerous amounts of traps, yeah, her three including traps. the tripwire thermite C4 machine that kills something. Blows she the literally fuck just screwed in a light bulb, and I guess that created the conditions to make it explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now she can see that there's like fire coming from the building and he goes, oh, I maybe this. I better get the loot. Yeah. She is screaming at the top of her lungs to have somebody come help her. And like literally right across the scene from where there was just a murder. Yeah. She's screaming to have someone come help her. She's screaming for her father. And of course, fucking, it, he's like, maybe I should go get the lieutenant now. But they're down in the basement, and she finds, I guess, I don't know what it is, is it a bottle of alcohol or a bottle of oil or something. Something. And but she, she throws tosses, it and lights a match. Yeah. Lights him on fire. Lights him up. He's a little thicker. Oh, yeah. Definitely wearing the flame retardant suit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. With a uh, discount version of the mask. <laughs> yeah. He's got fucking, looks like he just put like 30 pounds onto his neck. <laughs> yeah. He looks kind of like burn victim sloth. Yeah. <laughs> so... They're trying to get the door open, which, man. Oh, I love this. They have the... Mother's the, an ass. The fire footprints on the floor. Yeah, that's pretty cool. She's following the, the fiery footprints that Freddy has left leading upstairs. Mm-hmm. To and... the mother, <laughs> yes. which she realizes she's he's going after her mother. Which I guess, in a sense, she's really been after like the parents the whole time. Yeah. So he take he takes his, like yeah, chair just, to the back. He sells that chair. He is strangling the mom like on top, like completely on fire. The dad puts out the fire with the bed sheet, lifts back up, and then sees the half burned corpse of the mother with the bottom of the. This is such a cool scene. Yeah, with the bottom of the bed opened up, with all the lights coming through and the smoke. And I don't remember if there's like sounds of like I think there sounds of, like lightning and thunder. And stuff yeah, like yeah, yep. They react. Not the way they should. They should be losing their goddamn minds. Oh, yeah. The dad is way too calm. And you can kind of tell that he's just mentally broken at this point. But, yeah. like, he's like, I don't know what the... Because f- he's just now realizing all at once that everything that's been going on was true. Mm-hmm. And the fucking mom is gone. She is devastated. That, like, first of all, she's like, I'm okay. Yeah. Like, I'm okay. My mom my mom is dead. She just got sucked into Freddy's world. I just watched it all happen, and, you know, I might be going mentally crazy. I'm definitely mentally unstable, but yeah, yeah I'm okay. <laughs> and then we get another of the the bloody head coming up through the bedsheet. Mm-hmm. This is Freddy coming out of the bedsheet, and Nancy realizes, I know your weakness. I know I'm in a dream. So yeah. I'm going to take my power from you. And it's almost Dream like, skills, son. It's almost like she turned her back on him because he knew that he was going to pop up behind her. Yeah. Because she just stood there. So this is the most dialogue we get from Freddy in, yeah. you know, a certain amount of time. She's basically, it's too late, Kruger. He says, she says that she wants her friends back and her mother back. And he's just confused. 
and she says, you're not real. You're not alive. I'm taking your power from she you. She kind of has it mixed up where she's like she I mean, she's a little crazy at this point. She's definitely a little crazy. A little bit. She's, you know, this is she's kind of come to the point where she's like, this is all just a dream. If I can end this, then everybody will come back to life. Everything will be fine. But everything's been happening in a dream world. But everybody actually has been dying. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nancy escapes. After Freddy phases through the floor yeah, with this even... weird blue amoeba effect that looks a lot like when Isaac gets sacrificed in Children of the Corn. Definitely. Yeah. It's like the same, like almost like amoeba it's looking like thing. It's like a bluish version of like static you see on your TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she just walks out of the door from her mother's room and then all of a sudden she's walking out of her house and she doesn't have her gray hair anymore and she looks fine. And yeah. Her mother's alive. Yeah. It looks like... Uh, it looks like the night before Tina gets killed. And she doesn't even start questioning anything. She's just kind of like, you know, well, I guess I guess I'm back in the real world now. I guess yeah. everything's fine. Corbett pulls up. Everybody's alive. There's Glenn. There's Rod. There's Tina. Oh, such a happy day. <laughs> and, yeah, everyone is everyone is great. Let's roll up Bam. that top. Boom. That's a red and green top. Oh, yeah. We got the red. Everyone's happy at first, and then they're like, oh, what's going on? Then the windows start rolling up, and they're like, oh, what the fuck's going on? I'm not doing this, man. Still in the nightmare. Still in the dream. And then she's like, no, no, mother, help us. Mother is so oblivious. I know. She doesn't even realize. This isn't just like she's Freddy or she's channeling Freddy. She just actually... Well, I think thinks that one, they're still in the dream. You can tell because at the fucking. You know, yeah. The well, there's kids. the kids the same as the beginning. Then Freddy comes in, rips that mannequin through <laughs> really quickly too. watch him like, swoosh right fast. in. Like that was definitely like a, almost like a blow up doll. Yeah. Like how quickly they did that. They <laughs> swoosh, swoosh in, boom, boom. Definitely a blow up doll. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. And the last thing we see are the same kids uh, playing jump rope. Freddy's song. Singing Freddy's song. And that's where it ends, ladies and gentlemen. And we are left wondering whether or not anybody is still alive in the end at all. Who actually died, if anybody actually died at all. Guess you'll have to wait for the sequel. Which she's not even in. (laughs) She's in the third one, though. Yeah, it's very weird and convoluted. That is Nightmare on Elm Street. Definitely now, love it. This is your. This is your. You think it's gonna be your favorite movie of the four? Now you haven't seen all of Halloween yet, so that might change your mind. Halloween have, is a fantastic movie. I have not. You, uh, you've seen Texas Chainsaw, though. I have. Yes. Okay. Uh, I definitely 
definitely enjoyed this more than Friday the 13th in terms of its pacing. It's storyline wise, it has it's a way lot stronger. Of, a lot of like little plot holes kind of. Oh yeah, absolutely. But practical effects are so strong in this movie. Yeah. Amazing. Better than Friday the 13th as well. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, and way more creative. Yeah, a lot more creative. Especially which they can it, which the concept allows them the to do. The concept definitely allows them to do a lot of cool stuff cuz when you're in a dream world anything can happen. I think the pacing of this movie is it's quite good. It's not sure it's kind of convoluted at points, but it keeps me attentive. It's good. It, I like the fact that there's only there are a lot of draws in Friday the 13th. There's technically only, you know, five people or I guess four people that die. You got to spread that out long enough to make a whole movie if you're only going to have four people die. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. That is that is true. Um, yeah. I not a lot. Not else. Not a lot. My God. Not a lot else to say. Not a lot else to say. About Fantastic this. classic from uh, Wes Craven. Yes. So excited to do our next movie, which is going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. Leading up to uh, our release of Halloween on Halloween. Yes. So keep on the lookout for that. Our um, grand finale. If you guys want to follow our social media, it is Mangled Movie Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you want to let them know about for notes? Notes. You want to send in notes for Texas Chainsaw next week? Send them in by 23rd of October. That's the 23rd of October. Send them in to triple M podcast at outlook.com. Ryan, what's that email? Triple M podcast at outlook.com. And now. And guys, we haven't gotten any uh, any emails yet for notes for movies. It's not like required or anything. If you guys just know some maybe some random fun facts about the movie, you know, we'd love to share those on the on the show. Yeah, um, if you guys would, you know, you like. have chance of having your email read for the episode. Yeah, or even if it doesn't even necessarily have to be information about. You know the the movie or anything like that it could just be like your favorite scene or like yeah your uh, favorite part about either the series as a whole for doing something about a series. But you know we just want to hear from you guys. Uh, contact us on our social medias. We have our own social personal social medias. You can follow too. I'm uh, Ryan T Larravee on both Twitter and Instagram. T P E N U C H Twitter and Instagram. What does that spell? T Panooch. <laughs> Nice. You'll never know my last name. Yeah. It's not Panooch. Don't say it. I won't. Just leave it at Panooch. Just leaving it. All right. Thank you guys for joining us so much again for another episode. We will see you guys next week. For those who are uninitiated, we are on Anchor. Yes, we have just switched to Anchor from Podomatic, our previous uh, hosting site. So if you want to check us out there, if you're coming from Apple Podcasts, come to Anchor. We're and hanging out there. We are still working on getting up on Spotify. That will be happening soon. We literally just need to have our logo finished because uh, that is the only requirement to be up on Spotify that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll let you guys know more information about that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Anchor's yeah. helping us out with that. So honestly, like absolutely, like if I could push any site right now, our new host site is very great. It's very nice. It's very easy to listen to things on. It's actually a little less convoluted than Podomatic is. Mm-hmm. And I use the Podomatic app still. I, I love it. Yeah. But Anchor uh, is just yeah, – the navigation is a little easier. So I'd recommend – Hashtag go, not a sponsor. Hashtag <laughs> not a sponsor. But we would love to have you as a sponsor. Hey, we'll take a sponsor as long as – I don't want to be – if we're if, – if Mangle Movie Madness was to have a sponsor, 
I would want it to be something that we actually care about. I oh, don't yeah. want to be podcast number 7,392 that's sponsored by MeUndies and Casper Mattress. But, bro, what if we got MeUndies? You tell I, me you wouldn't want a free pack of MeUndies? I don't know what the fuck. I don't even know. What, I've heard a billion ads for MeUndies. I still don't really know what MeUndies are. It's comfortable ass underwear. Comfortable ass underwear? Comfortable underwear for your ass. Just the ass. <laughs> Just the ass. No dick? I don't know. Maybe it's got a little bit of tough. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's got dick space. <laughs> okay. Understandable. It's got ass space, but it just squeezes your cock and balls. <laughs> oh, cock and ball. MeUndies, the cock and ball torture October special <laughs> yeah. deal. Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, man. All right. All right, guys. We're going to have to let you go now. Yeah, we're letting you go. You're not yeah. letting us go. Do not fucking stop this episode until it's done. Okay, Please, bye. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, rate us five stars, leave a review. And uh, thanks, guys. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? <laughs>